What's up, guys? Just a quick intro to this episode. I know many of you will be familiar already with Gigi. Of course, he's a phenomenal Bitcoiner, writer, contributor to uh, many different areas of the Bitcoin space. Far too much awesome work to cite here, but you can find it all at dirgg.com. He's also a colleague of mine at CT and a very good friend. And we've had many conversations over the course of the last few years. Uh, and we haven't recorded any of them, but they always turn out to be very interesting. Uh, we like exploring similar themes and aspects of this whole Bitcoin phenomenon. And so we finally decided that perhaps we should start recording some of these conversations. And we just let it roll, go wherever we want to take it. He and I are both trying to come to grips with, understand better, get greater clarity around, find better words to articulate some of the more deeply meaningful aspects of Bitcoin and what other areas, metaphors, analogies we should be invoking to better explicate and understand them. And so, of course, that's what we did for much of this uh, conversation. But in any case, we both just like hanging out and talking about Bitcoin, as so many of us do. And so uh, there's no real bent to these episodes. We're just going to fire them up, record them when we feel like it, and put them out there just in case anybody wants to listen. Before we get going, I'd like to say thank you to the people and companies that support this show. The first is Bull Bitcoin. If you're buying Bitcoin in Canada, you should be doing it at Bull Bitcoin. It's a non-custodial exchange with a focus on privacy. When you make the order, you input your own self-custody receive address, which means as soon as the order is completed, it goes right to you. You don't assume any of the exchange risk. The guys at Bull Bitcoin are also behind BitcoinSupport.com. This is for those of you who need some help getting your self-custody arrangement set up properly in a manner that's both secure, but also easy to manage and engage with. They have a number of different packages available based on your needs. So check them out at BitcoinSupport.com and find the one that's right for you. Also, CoinKite, the makers of the famous cold card hardware wallet, the latest edition, the MK4, recently dropped. It has a USB-C connector, NFC tap functionality, dual secure elements, and lots of other great features that many of us have come to expect and love from ColdCard and CoinKite that help you to optimize your Bitcoin security setup. Visit coldcard.com to learn more about the MK4 and visit coinkite.com to learn more about all their other awesome products for helping you to secure and have fun with your Bitcoin. And lastly, I've been slacking a little bit on the value for value podcasting 2.0 stuff. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with what that is, there are certain podcasting apps that are available now as a result of uh, the functionality brought to Bitcoin by the Lightning Network that allows you to either stream sats as you listen to podcasts or tip or what's called boost. Um, you know, when you when you hear something that you really like, you can send a, a tip of 100 sats or 1,000 sats or whatever you want, really, to uh, the creator. And it goes directly to the podcast content creator. And I can certainly appreciate that uh, people may not want to let go of their sats uh, unless they absolutely have to. And of course, when they're receiving free content, they don't have to. But it has been very interesting to me to see that, you know, a non insignificant number of people are actually willing to send and tip sats uh, for this content. One, obviously, because, you know, I think they value it. But two, I think many of us realize that this could very well represent a better model for supporting content creators in the future. As we 
you know, we exist in an era and potentially heading into uh, an era of even greater censorship that removing all potential censors from the creator and the audience will be vitally important. And podcasting 2.0 is a means of doing that, or at least getting the ball rolling and experimenting and see what might evolve from doing so. So if you'd like to try that out, a really great easy to use wallet can be downloaded at fountain.fm. And to sweeten the deal a little bit and to get people playing around with this uh, new method of, of consuming content, Fountain has agreed to give 50,000 Satoshis on four different occasions to a listener who sends a boostergram to a given show. So basically I'll be able to see all the boosts that come through and I'll pick one that I think is interesting or otherwise deserving of 50,000 sats and we'll send them to their uh, Fountain user account. Also for now, that's gonna be the primary domain where I interact with users. So if you have a suggestion for the show or if you have a question that you would like me to explore or a topic you'd like me to explore on the show, send that message as a boost and uh, you never know, it could make its way into the show. So check it out, any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, let me know, I'd love to hear them. And that's it, enjoy the show. Let's do it. So where should we start? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> there is no starting point. <laughs> there was only a starting point in Bitcoin. I don't know, even that is difficult to, to, pin, to, pin, uh, to pin down. I just I just uh, um, saw someone post something that you know like most Bitcoiners even don't know that there was like a thirty or like fifty year or it doesn't matter how long back you want to go history for uh, when it comes to Bitcoin like it didn't it didn't like magically appear out of nowhere and I I think yeah I think that's that's accurate I don't know I I think it's I think it's 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 just it's good times kind of. I, I I had a I <laughs> I had a blast uh, last forty eight hours just laughing about the various shitcoin Ponzi schemes imploding and uh, I don't know it's just it's life is very different if you are a bitcoiner I guess yeah I mean it truly that, is I totally agree and you know you kind of you kind of forgot in all the hoopla of like a quasi bull market like how great these times are right when everything is melting and you know you separate the wheat from the chaff and you get to you know people get to earn their stripes and stuff like that but i i, I do kind of wonder like what stage in the x bitcoin game we're in because like I, I i think we all felt like something had to give over after the last two years and <clears throat> with inflation ripping and debt le levels being what they are like we everyone knew there was a macro event on the horizon and the Bitcoin would, would be probably swept up in it to some degree. But I still wonder, like, are we just, is this just another cycle kicking off? So we, we grind out, we grind down, there's a recession and then, you know, they establish a little bit of wiggle room and that's their wiggle room for the next several years to, you know, cut rates, QE, all that jazz. Or, I mean, cause that's, that's kind of consensus view as far as the people I've been speaking to, but I just, I don't know how they kick the can down the road again. And I, I think like all this crazy shit that we're seeing outside the financial world, you know, like the shipping containers off the coast of China and all these fires at food, you know, production and distribution factories and stuff like 
maybe you know it's an attempt to destroy like demand or i mean i i mean i guess that's kind of supply side as well but you know what i mean like i feel like mm. they almost need a recession to destroy demand so that you know they can have more wiggle room and all their different levers that they pull yeah a lot of people are talking about controlled demolition basically and those those yeah. kind of things um i don't know like i'm i i'm flip-flopping on on those issues because on the one hand you know the world is a very big place and all these systems are very complex and uh you know like usually there isn't as much malice behind stuff it's mostly incompetence right <laughs> and uh, just trying to yeah um have an influence on or centrally control systems that uh, can't be centrally controlled basically and i don't know but on the other hand you know like there are very powerful people in the world with certain agendas and they are very outspoken about their agendas as well so that's why i'm flip-flopping on it you know like <laughs> depending on my mood i believe either the one thing or the other um yeah. but speaking of speaking of what is yet to come and if if they are able to kick the can down the road I don't know. I think, you know, it's very, very hard to make any predictions in that regard because the gold box, for example, they've been saying that everything <laughs> will implode for multiple decades now. Yeah. And I feel like they are kind of right. They were just wrong on the timing, you know? And so I don't know. It's to me, it are feels we the like gold bugs now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> No, the the great thing about Bitcoin though is like in all in all seriousness, it it is actually useful. I mean, gold mm -hmm. has has its uses as well, but you can actually you don't have to wait for the world to go to shit. You know, you don't have to wait for anything to happen really to start using Bitcoin and to start opting out and to use Bitcoin as your money. You know, like I, I I've said this in the past, and and it's also not it's not it's not my 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 thing. My friend uh, Dennis came up with it that hyper-Bitcoinization is basically a personal thing. You can decide to live in a hyper-Bitcoinized world. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult still, you know, but you, you can absolutely earn in Bitcoin and spend your Bitcoin and save in Bitcoin. And so on. saving is obviously the easiest thing, but you, you, you can live in a hyper-Bitcoinized world basically already. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about Bitcoin uh, as far as I'm concerned. But coming back to the kicking the can down the road thing, I feel like, you know how... When there is a, when there is an, an earthquake uh, under the sea, you don't really see the waves, you know. You only start seeing the waves when super super chaotic times yet. Even with all everything that happened in the last two years, even with the, the you know the, the the world economy grinding to a halt and and COVID and all that jazz. But I feel like um, it's gonna how should I put it? It's going to be very, um, you know, currently you can, you can kind of still ignore this situation. Like most normies that I know have no idea about the, the right. state of right. the world in terms of how much money was printed and the world economy. And uh, speaking of the ships, you know, that <laughs> and, and the, the supply chain issues, most people I feel like have, have no idea still. And I think rather, rather soon, um, 
you won't be able to ignore all all of it anymore just just uh, by like uh, just with inflation alone so yeah that's that's what i'm kind of worried about that the that the waves will break on shore in the next couple of months yeah i, I think you- i kind of agree with that because a lot of people even though we're starting to see like disposable income plummeting and consumer and individual debt levels going up and all that kind of stuff like you know, you, you go around in your daily life and most people still just are kind of fine, right? Whether it's accumulated savings or costs haven't risen that much yet. But I kind of agree that like this is what we're seeing right now, like these market sell-offs and all that jazz is kind of step one. And it's probably going to reach, I mean, even though inflation has already reached Main Street, I think a lot of this, uh, people are going to start feeling like something is up fairly soon, especially if this like, if things start really grinding and there's a fairly unpleasant recession, uh, you know, I, I think people are going to notice that. And then the question is, is what happens? But to your point, th- I mean, and this is always the argument or the way I frame it to people I'm talking to, like the wormhole to hyperbitcoinization is just wide open for everybody. Like you just, you could just step through that sucker and you're in like, psychopath bitcoiner land and it's amazing you know what i mean like as much as i lament like the damage and the pain that comes with like all this unraveling in the financial world and the financial system as it exists today like i mean you know what it's like you've gone to bitcoin conferences and you hang out with bitcoiners and talk with bitcoiners all the time like it's pretty great you know like and and like part of our one of the things we always talk about is like, where can you go and in what ways can you insulate yourself even further from, you know, the unraveling that we, we all think is on the horizon, but like you look at normie land and you look at Bitcoin land and they're basically the opposite, right? Like in the, in the former you have, you know, well, as we were saying, like, maybe it's not, they haven't even reached the despair like part yet. Maybe it's still like kind of blissful ignorance, but for a lot of people, there's like, despair and that kind of stuff, even if they don't know the source of it, or even though they don't know like what's kind of generating or fostering it. And, you know, savings is going down and life is becoming more expensive and hope is, is diminishing and options for the future are diminishing. And then once you just make that switch or you step through, step through that metaphorical wormhole, everything is different, right? Like the hope is increasing mm-hmm. and options for the future are increasing and strong and genuine and sincere and you know, loving relationships are increasing and, you know, you, the strength of your community and the, you know, various amazing life experiences that that allows for is increasing, you know, it's like, and it's right there. It's, it's not like some far off thing, you know, sure. It's going to, you know, maybe a long time before the entire world is hyper Bitcoinized, but like that, that's the whole point. Like that doesn't mean that's when it happens for you. You know, the, the, the entire world becoming hyper Bitcoinized just means everyone has individually made that choice. So you could, you know, the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. You can make that choice right fucking now for yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and isn't, isn't that amazing that all, as far as I can tell, everything you said is just true, you know, with hope increasing and meaning in your life increasing and just general well-being increasing and those kind of things, sanity increasing. And, and you know, uh, when when you just all said that it, it something popped into my head which which is it's kind of funny you know people still are looking for like bitcoin's killer app you know as if this wouldn't be enough <laughs> that, that's 
that's Bitcoin's killer app. You know, having money that no one can take away from you, having having the ability to save again, having having hope again, having something that you will always be able to access no matter what. You know, having something that no one can ever steal from you, and and you know, I uh, that, that's why I always come back to the to the fundamentals. You know, and the, to 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 the basic fundamentals of how Bitcoin works, because it's it's building up this this construct of of pure information that has this physical weight embedded in it and that's also why you can have bitcoin in your head with 12 words and so on you know like it's it's all that's the reason like <laughs> it's not a password that you have it's it's something else you know i um in in something i wrote recently i i compare it to like a magic spell you know that's way closer mm. to it like you 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 utter these 12 words like if you <laughs> if, if you so will and then something real is happening in in the real world so to speak you know like you you actually can move your utxos or uh like you can sign a transaction and so on and uh it's like it's so powerful Be people have no idea it's all the all the psychological transformations that, that you just mentioned all the personal transformations like the your life situation all of that is made possible by by these kind of basic facts of how bitcoin operates and uh yeah I, I i think i just think it's funny it's funny that i mean eric eric talks about this all the time you know the the other meaning of the word crypto in the sense that it is hidden and it's also kind of you have to decipher this it's hidden in plain sight so to speak you know like bitcoin is there and it exists and it's absolutely magical and it allows you to do this and it offers this these possibilities to you and most people don't see it you know <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's kind of you know the i mean there are so many sayings around this you know like the if the student is ready the teacher will appear you know yeah and, and most most people are not ready and also you know if someone is preaching and you're not ready to hear it you you will just never understand it you will you will not hear it right and um yeah so I, I don't know i think it but that also has me very hopeful because you know bitcoin is there and bitcoin won't go away and it will only improve and more and more people like i i always say i mean uh, basically everyone says this i guess that it's a it's a one-way street like there is no there is no going back from once you've once you've seen the orange light, there is no going back. You know, like there is no. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm I'm not going back to the euro or the US dollar or what have you. Or, I mean, it's it's nonsense. And and so I'm very hopeful that that um, we will kind of make it in time that enough people are realizing this and and using Bitcoin as they see fit. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I I mean, I guess the one exception is like rage quitting, but you could make the case that they never really saw the orange light in the first place. If if they're <laughs> if they allow that to happen to them, or or if that befalls them, or something like that. But you know, th this is also part of the reason why I, you know, the the recent I guess controversy, even though maybe that's not the right word with BIP one nineteen. I think it was. It's like the, it offers so much already as is, and like I'm. I think we want to be very careful for making assumptions about what it, what ought to be added to it to make it quote unquote better, you know, predicated on, on those assumptions and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, how much, 
how much value mm. does Bitcoin <laughs> have to people as is, you know, and just, you know, mm. upkeeping it as is. And like, and these questions can go back to, you know, Segwit as well. Like, even though you and I are both massively bullish and proponents of the Lightning Network, right? Like, well, what was the value of Bitcoin to the world if none of those upgrades had taken place? And like, they're, they're, that's unknowable, right? We, of course, it's unknowable, but it's an interesting question. If for no other reason, just to help us run through those thought, thought experiments about restraining our overzealousness at making those assumptions about what it should and could be, and mm. you know, giving it sufficient time. Because I mean, and it kind of boils down to like, well, what is the value of Bitcoin? Like from where does it derive its value? And like, that's a very complex question. And I'd love to get, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, but feel free to speak on it. But like, you know, at a certain point, it's like, does the value, what is the value of like an absoluteness or an immutable thing with the characteristics that Bitcoin has versus something that is constant, we're, we're constantly trying to conform it to our conception of what it should be. Like, is that a, a slippery slope on the way to ultimately corrupting the thing that from which it derives its the greatest component of its value? Something like that. And I, I think that's that kind of probably is the case, which is why we want to be so careful about the assumptions we make when we presume to make changes to it. Yeah, I think... I think Bitcoin will always have this issue because you can't really say what Bitcoin is and what it is not, or more importantly, what it should be, you know, like that's a very personal thing. You have to decide for yourself precisely because there is no central authority. You have to decide what Bitcoin is. And this means also that you have to decide what Bitcoin should be. And I think, you know, that's, that there is a reason why a lot of people lost their mind in Bitcoin. I mean, I'm not sure if it's a lot, but it's probably like a dozen or so. <laughs> and, you know, people speak of Bitcoin derangement syndrome, and it's usually, it's usually people uh, that want to change Bitcoin or that don't like an aspect of Bitcoin or can't accept Bitcoin as it is and so on. And I think there is a balance to be struck there. You know, obviously, like I, I agree. Um, I'm sad with um, at least fixing the malleability bug, which enabled the Lightning Network. I think that was a, a good, a, a good soft fork. You know, like that was. I I like that. You know, I like the change <laughs> that that aligns with the vision I have of magic internet money. Um, that's programmable, and you know, uh, that's also you know, like it's so funny because. This whole discussion is as old as Bitcoin itself. And in the announcement, Satoshi mentioned like three or four different things that he wants to fix with Bitcoin. You know, like he speaks about the bailouts and how, uh, you know, like the fiat system, the banking system is full of breaches of distrust and, you know, like the current money works on trust and so on. And, but he also speaks about privacy, you know, like how the banks all collect our, our information and, and so on and so forth. And he also speaks about micropayments, you know, like he, <laughs> he, he says that uh, transactions can finally be, um, you know, like seeming less and, 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 and those kind of things. And, and so, so, you know, like he, he has this, this list of three or four or five things <laughs> that he all wants to fix. And now we have like at least like three camps 
that fight each other about what Bitcoin is, you know, like, is it, is it hard money? You know, is it like gold 2.0 or is it about micropayments, you know, and do you have to use Bitcoin all the time? And do we need to, uh, you know, scale to like 10 billion transactions uh, an hour or something like that and, and so on. And, uh, you know, we also have the, the privacy discussion, you know, like, um, um, uh, uh, which Satoshi also mentioned in the beginning, you know, like we, we, we should have, we should have, private e-cash basically like uh, anonymous e-cash and you know like if, if if used carefully bitcoin can be this today as well and i think we are also making um steps in that direction that this will even be better in the future but i think it's just hilarious that he he kind of you know like yeah i want to fix like those three or four problems in, in one go and now <laughs> 13 years later or something people are still fighting about the various aspects and uh, basically having different views on bitcoin and and having different opinions on on what it is and what it should be and um yeah the whole like that's that's kind of the core issue as far as i'm concerned also around the bip 119 controversy uh, controversy it's some people think that you know we we need to change it but and, and and we need to do those kind of upgrades but i think you know bitcoin is kind of the whole purpose of bitcoin is that it's super super hard to change and the reason for that is like if you if you could change it e easily the whole value proposition would fall apart and um hayek wrote about this beautifully like he said that the root of all monetary evil is the control of issuance and the flow of money. Yeah. So this is what Bitcoin fixes. And I think it's from, from a global perspective, it is, it is the, the biggest problem currently, you know, like it's so just, just having that fixed, would be a very big win. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's that's exactly the point, right? And like, people people characterize this current controversy as an attack, and I guess you have to people have to be specific what they mean. But like, I think in just in the sense of normalizing change, you know, so like if you normalized change to the fact that you had taproot a year ago, and then you have you have something like this now, and then like the more you normalize that, like wind the clock forward 20 years and like how how normalized have changes become and to what extent does that normalization introduce the possibility for malicious actors to sneak something in because just by simple virtue of the frequency of change right then nothing else and mm -hmm. you know I, I don't have the answer to that question but i think it stands to reason fairly well that like the more the greater the frequency the greater the possibility that you know, something could go awry either accidentally or maliciously. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we know this uh, from, from other areas. I mean, there is such a thing as voter fatigue. So, you know, just <laughs> how, how often do you right. have the energy to think about something deeply and really inspect it and really think through all the implications and so on. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's in part, I guess, why the, the immune reaction of the social layer of Bitcoin um, was so strong um, because I, I think people kind of, I think, I think there is a general consensus that 
the rule number one in Bitcoin is to not break it. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you if you don't like precisely know what what the implications are of of, of a certain change, then better not not do it. Um, so I mean, you know, like it's um, you, you can be on on various extremes uh, even there because I mean there are there are people that are <laughs> that are basically religious about this stuff and they run only like very old clients you know like there there are yeah. people that actually do this and i think you know that's also what kind of that's what what bitcoin is about that's what makes it different from all the other things you know like you you have people that take these kind of things seriously and um will refuse changing the software that they run and that's what a lot of people forget and and i i, I hinted uh, on it or I, I wrote about it in um one of my latest writings that the freedom that bitcoin enables and the freedom that bitcoin gives you and allows you to have it all rests on individuals that shoulder the responsibility of yeah. running a note and holding their own keys and mining and so on even under great duress you know like people are mining in jurisdictions where it's outlawed you know and china is the obvious example but there are others as well and uh you know like it's it's we we, we need the <laughs> toxic as fuck maximalists that will run you know <laughs> raspberry pis on <laughs> on tor by default and no matter what happens they, they are not going to change the consensus rules you know like um that's that's where bitcoin's resilience comes from and we need people that are home mining and gorilla mining basically and and all those kind of things and and that's that's where all of it stems from it's individuals understanding those things and coming back to your question about value you know valuing those principles and valuing the kind of the things that Bitcoin embodies, the values that are embedded in Bitcoin, which is basically sound money accessible to all, you know, like not policing anything. Um, if you have a valid signature, you're you're good to go, you know, like that's that's all that Bitcoin requires of you. Having having no like <laughs> ha having no instance that 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 can kind of decide. What you can do with your money and what you can't do with your money and even speaking of money in the bitcoin sense it's it's kind of funny you know like i mean <laughs> robert robert uh keeps harping on about this that you know like um, i mean he has the what is money show and, and and he he basically um like he basically says that's the main question you know like like what is money really and and it's it's it was always funny to me that you know calling bitcoin money is kind of a stretch but it's also the best money that we ever had mm. <laughs> but it's very unusual money you know in the sense that all that bitcoin does on a technical level is send around messages that's all it does that's mm. all it can do because it's a computer network that's that's the only thing that computers can do is send send around messages they can't really do anything else you know like that's if, if you're speaking purely about the the abstract idea of a computer what it does it gets certain inputs it computes and it generates outputs and if you have a network computers then all they can do is send messages and pass around messages and that's the thing about you know messages and information you you can't move them like you can't it's it's a very very different thing and so you can only send around messages and copies of mess messages and somehow bitcoin manages to to uh, i i you know to set up the system to orchestrate this dance where 
these messages suddenly become money and the best money we ever had, incorruptible money. And I mean, there are some people that will always, I think they, 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 <laughs> they will never change their opinion and they will tell you that Bitcoin is not money. Bitcoin is just a messaging protocol. It's an internet protocol. And Beautyon is, is one of those people. Um, uh, like he, he's behind the Azteco vouchers. And, and he, he basically has the view that, um, you know, like it's just a, basically a messaging layer for value. And if you, if you take this view, then the price also comes very unimportant. It becomes very unimportant, you know, like you can, you can send whatever value across this network, as long as you don't hold it, you know, like you, you can, you can, for example, you can take a gold bar and <laughs> sell it and convert it to Bitcoin, so to speak. NFT and, it. <laughs> so yeah. No, not NFT. It but, but you can take this value and, you know, chunk by chunk, packet by packet, just like the internet, you know, like you, you can scan a page in and then send it over the wire and then you can print it out. And if you just care about, you know, like um, sending a page from A to B, that's what you do, you know, and, and uh, like you don't care about the digital representation. You know, mm. and 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 you can take you can absolutely take the same view for for Bitcoin and, and I mean for money in general. But money is you know like the reason why we have money is to buy other stuff. <laughs> it's not about the money itself. You know, mm -hmm. holding forever is meaningless. You know, kind of it's <laughs> even though Bitcoiners say this all the time. But but you want to spend your money in the future. It's it's always about this and and. And so, so there's so much wrapped up in spending your money too, right? Because it's like, well, of course, what is the, the, the provenance of what you're buying and what you're buying it with, you know? And so it tracks back so far. That's why, you know, some, some people might define money as a ledger, right? Just a ledger. Oh yeah. No money is a ledger. Right. Absolutely. But, but it's right. also, you know, like if you, if you coming back to the metaphor of, of, of sending a, a physical page from one end of the world to the other, you know, like you have this physical paper, you have this page and then you scan it in and you send little packages like TCP IP packages across the, across the wires. And it, it comes out at the other end and you can print it. And then you have the, the piece of paper again, you know, that's, I mean, that's how fax machines and so on work. But, and, and if you take this view for Bitcoin, then you, you just take whatever value and you, plug it into Bitcoin, so to speak, and it sends across its little packages of sets to someone else. And, and, and whoever receives it can do with this, well, value what they will. It, it only gets really interesting, and that's where the sound money aspect then comes in and so on, if, if, you, if you stretch the period between receiving and sending again, if you, if you hold it for a long time, then, then the properties of money become very important. That's also, I mean, that's what, what I just described is basically why every single utility token will always land on a value of zero because people don't hold it. And that's like, that was a very long winded way now of answering the question, where does the value come, come from? You know, and the value comes from holding it. That's, it's a very simple answer, but it is also true. And the reason why Bitcoin has value is because people that value Bitcoin and hard money and understand the properties of money realize that Bitcoin is the best money and they hold it. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's... I think, and I it's, think uh, like when yeah. we ask that question, what is money? And, and Bitcoin is obviously inspiring like a renaissance of intellectual discourse around that very question, because as we're discovering it's not such an easy thing to answer, or at least it's not, uh, it hasn't been answered. The context has changed so much that prior answers are no longer perhaps perfectly suitable to this new form of quote unquote money that we have. But if, if we just, 
and I agree with you, you, you say it's, it's just a messaging system, but by virtue of the way that it's put together and all the different mechanics that allow that system to function, it's a messaging system that is able to transmit the most truthful messages in history, right? Truthful in the sense mm -hmm. that they cannot be corrupted by exogenous yeah. information. And so th this is why I think we so often land in, in like the metaphysical realm, because what are we saying? We're saying that by virtue of the fact that it's able to maintain its truthfulness, it is accruing value. People are willing to sacrifice their limited resources to attain it and to access it and to use it. And so like when we say, well, what is money and where, the, where does the value of money come from? Or at least, you know, this money, I it seems to be that the answer is that is the very value of truth. That's why it's like, let's, let's put it this way, like truth being one of the highest values and not just like metaphysical value, but like also distilled into the realm of interpersonal value exchange, yeah. which we're more, more familiar with. Value. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and then again, like if we, we're, we're kind of going back and forth between the metaphysical and the economic, let's say, if, if we kind of, accept that its value is accruing to it and value in the sense that people are willing to devote their limited resources to it as a result of simp by, simply by virtue of the fact that it's the most truthful information that has ever existed and that we can communicate to one another. It also, yeah. by virtue of that, yeah. is able to grant a certain form and perhaps a heretofore inaccessible form of freedom to people by virtue of that incorruptibility, by virtue of that, uh, by virtue of that messaging system, uh, ability to maintain its truth. Right. And so mm -hmm. there, there we are back again in this realm of metaphysics, where we have truth being one of the highest values and what the truth grants ultimately is freedom or liberation. Right. And so like you and I and, and many others <laughs> recently, we, we have these big metaphysical conversations about it. And it might sometimes see like seem detached or, or unrelated. But like, I think that this that's the thing. It's not detached. Being, <laughs> right, I agree. I agree. And that's why we're being forced to like kind of fumble around in the dark to some degree in the metaphysical or philosophical or even theological realms, because that's where as we try to wrap our heads around what Bitcoin represents, that seems to be where it takes us. Yeah, but I can tell you why Bitcoin is different than the other things that you just mentioned. It's not only about truthful information, it's about truthful history. And it's about, it's a very specific information. Bitcoin will tell you exactly what happened and you can't fake it. And so information can be truthful and also a system of, of information like mathematics. We have certain kinds of mathematics that are truthful in themselves you know and also i mean uh you know harry potter is uh, if you ignore all the plot holes and whatnot you know <laughs> stories can be can be internally consistent as well and have a certain truth you know but that doesn't mean that they happened and bitcoin is the most like bitcoin is a story that actually happened and you can verify it for yourself and it's the most truthful um record of history that we ever had mm. and probably maybe even ever will have because it's it's tightly coupled to to the success of civilization basically you know like you, you need a lot of energy to <laughs> write down this 
this truth to write down the events that are that are happening and 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 this is the difference i think this is also why i i i mentioned it like i <laughs> i was interviewed for a human b a german movie about bitcoin and bitcoiners and i mentioned briefly that bitcoin is the connection between heaven and earth and that's how i meant it that's how i meant it like that's it's if you if you look at pure information the pure informational realm the realm of logic and numbers and words and so on it is usually disconnected from reality and that's also what my twitter thread was about um with the map is not the territory you know that's by the way that's why nfts are bullshit (laughs) (laughs) but it's words are just pointers they're not the real thing you know they are not they're not reality in itself and um the same is true for numbers, even though math- mathematicians are fighting about the fact, you know, like what came first, numbers or reality. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's obvious that the map is not the territory, usually. Like you have a map and you, you have the actual hills and so on. And and the one is never the other. It's it's just a map. It's just a model. And and that's why we also speak of, of models, by, with mathematical models and so on. They are never the real thing. That's also why they're always wrong in, 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 in a certain more or less important <laughs> respect and what bitcoin does is it manages to build up something that has physical reality embedded in it but it is just pure information and adam adam gibson calls this the reification of information so so just by looking at the number just by looking at the at the leading zeros of the of the block hash you can tell what happened in like thanks to the way how bitcoin is constructed you can you can see okay my bitcoin node accepts this as valid and something very 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 unlikely had to happen for for this number to come into existence and so you can infer what had to happen in the real world and what had to happen in the real world is that a lot of asics had to crunch a lot of numbers for this number to appear and there is no other way like i mean it's probabilistic all the way down but still, like on average, <laughs> it's it's like you know it's it, uh, I, I used this example in the past. It's like if you, if you watch something, if you watch someone or you yourself, that's even the better example. You have a fair coin and you know it's a fair coin, and you flip it twenty times in in a row, and it and it lands heads every time. You know, like it's it's so unlikely that you either had to try this for a very 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 long time like you you get up every day and you just try it and one day it will happen (laughs) or you just were incredibly lucky and this is this is how you know just from the outcome of like just from looking at the information just looking at the record you can know what happened it's truthful history it's not only truthful information it's truthful history and that's why also the comparison that's what proof of work does you know and that's why the comparison to to the Egyptian pyramids is coming up sometimes, you know, when people write about proof of work, you know, because it's the same thing. You can go there, you can watch it, the fucking, like you can look at the fucking thing and you can, you can tell what happened, you know, like something incredible had to happen for, for this thing to be there. And Bitcoin is exactly the same, but just, you're, you're just looking at information. You're not looking at something that is truly physical. The information itself has the physicality embedded in it by the structure of the information and so that's also why why that that's that's how bitcoin becomes money and how it becomes incorruptible money and to come back to your observation that that all money is a ledger that was always true mm. it was always true it, it is just a ledger it is just recording 
who owes what to whom basically you know like who whoever has the gold coins can go to someone else and get goods and services for them and also historically if you look back a couple thousand years that that was always the, the two forms of money you either had tokens like seashells and uh, gold coins and so on i mean we all know this you know but 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 it's it's worth spelling out over and over and over again this these are the only two things that exist you, you either have physical tokens that you can pass around that they keep track of themselves you know like whoever has the gold coins has the money or you have a central instance that keeps a ledger and we know this from you know like in egypt they had, they had bushels of wheat and whatnot and, and like all, all <laughs> and, and this became money over time and so on and the problem with the the central bookkeeping is that it corrupts that's the only problem kind mm -hmm. of you know it's uh, there are other problems you know like just you know having to run to the central authority all the time and so on <laughs> like the the there there are kind of benefits and drawbacks to to each approach and and bitcoin kind of combines the best of, of both worlds and it, it has its own trade-offs obviously you know but it's it behaves as if you would have a physical gold coin that like it keeps track of itself so to speak and you can spend it as such you don't need a, any central authority to spend it and of course we we all know this but it's even way, it's way better than that and because it's pure information you can keep it in your hand like that's so amazing you know and and, and then and and then no one can like no one can touch it <laughs> it's that's also why and I, I i also said this in the past but 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 i you know like it repeatedly blows my mind and, and i feel like people people don't take these things seriously even though they are true like they they don't they don't take the implications seriously bitcoin is truly the only thing that you can take to the grave it's like a secret you know like it's you, you really can take it to the grave no other I, asset is like that yeah i agree i think you know, I think a lot of people's minds are constantly being blown when they have these epiphanies or insights around Bitcoin, which is why, like, there's such a attempt to to investigate this, like to grasp on and try to figure out what the meaning of something like what you just said, like, what is the what are the implications of that? Like, what is the meaning of that? And and as you said, I mean, all these prior forms of money there, they were chosen based on their incorruptibility, right? Their unforgeable costliness, because their corruptibility meant that the information that they carried could be corrupted, i.e. They, they were, their truthfulness could be degraded. And, you know, at the point you make about Bitcoin, not, not only being truthful information, but truthful history. I mean, I think they're obviously the, the latter is essential for the former, right? You need that, that it needs to be tethered to that verifiable, truthful history in order for you to have confident that it's message in, in the here and now is truthful in relation to everything that's come before, right? And so that's a critical component to it being, to you being able to deem it as being incorruptibly true and not having, you know, exo exogenous information in it. And so, like, I mean, the thing that we continue to grapple with is like, what, what are the implications of having access to such a form of truth, right? And obviously we use it as a means of, of communicating value now because we ascribe so much value to it by virtue of it being true. And it thus becomes a, the prime and, you know, perhaps maybe not perfect, but like to this point, best mechanism for communicating value to one another. And obviously we do that in a market whereby our actions, impl implicit in our actions are the different values that inspire those actions. 
which is why I think we, we, we dance around and discuss these ideas so much like, well, what is the proper perspective to have about things and what is value and what is truth and what is the value of truth and freedom and, and all of these things. And which is why we wind up in religious territory. And, and, and to your point about the map and the territory, I mean, I think the, the enterprise of human consciousness, even for all of human history has been to try to increase the fidelity of the map so that we can navigate the territory better, you know, in, in every single domain, you know, in, in the domain of obviously the physical world, but obviously I think, one of the functions that has, or, you know, one of the reasons why the religious enterprise has been instrumental in human history for as long as we have any records of our, of any kind is because we recognize that there's a territory, an unseen territory, right? A psychological, spiritual, emotional territory. Uh, and that we are trying to determine what the map for that territory is. And it's way more difficult to to determine that map than it is for the physical world that is in front of us that we can touch and feel and taste and smell and all the rest of it. And, but, but way more important because it's that map that allows us to even move through the, the, the more physical territory, right. As, as Peterson is so off to explain, like if you don't have an a priori or axiomatic value framework in between you and the, and the material world, you can't, move through it. You're like, you're, you're paralyzed because you don't have a value framework to go this way or that way based on what you confront. And so, you know, I think that's been the religious enterprise, but it's also been, you know, money has allowed us interpersonally, like in, in markets and, and via exchange to discover what, what perspectives and what maps are optimal for achieving certain desired ends. And, you know, now that we have perhaps the best mechanism ever for, for doing that, I think what will emerge as a result of that is, well, the best mechanism ever for figuring out the best way to achieve our ends, but also helping us to determine what the ends should be. And I think this is why there's so much overlap, or one of the reasons why there's so much overlap between something like religion and something like Bitcoin is because you know the religion is obviously making certain assertions about what the ultimate aim should be what the ultimate you know what what one should be striving to achieve or to become and we would never have thought that money could have could play that role but i think bitcoin has imbued in it implicitly these let's say metaphysical values that we've been discussing like truth and freedom and potentially others that it's not only is it the mechanism for deter like for for uh, collectively determining the fidelity of the map for the territory we're in, but it may also be instructive about what the end of that process should be. I.e., where where is the X on the map? Like it may also be giving us that type of information, not just helping us feel out the territory, and that you know, and and that that's a very far out idea because again, that, that means it's not just a, a functional mechanism for achieving ends, but it's uh, it's instructive in what ends should be. And, and that, that lands us in, you know, the spiritual religious don't squarely in that domain. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think there is a lot kind of in there in what you just said. And it's the phrase that, 
popped into my head was this that bitcoin really frees you up you know like it it, it frees you like i don't think about money anymore in that sense like i don't worry about money i know that bitcoin is in its monetization phase i'm i'm stacking sets and i just i don't have to worry about it at all you know like it's it's i think that is one aspect of it as well that and i think i think we had this also in, in times of the gold standard you just did what you wanted to do and what you were good at and you, mm. you were you were able to save and you were not exponentially debased all the time you know you were not in the hamster wheel that is speeding up i think that 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 is definitely linked to this that you it frees you up to th- even think about this and uh, i think eric mentioned this as, as well i think you 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 talked about this in the past it's, or a lot of bitcoiners i think talk about this it's like okay like if the if the question of money and survival and maybe even luxury you know if if this is like taken care of <laughs> you immediately come to um to the other values right. you know, what is actually important and uh, it's basically you know like what uh, i think it was i think it was Jim Carrey who said it you know like he wishes that everyone would be as famous and rich as, as he uh once was or still is um, because then you would immediately realize that you know like it still leaves you empty so to speak you know (laughs) and it's i think that's 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 one part of it i think that the second part is definitely time preference and and safety i mean safety basically wrote a book on this (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and it's it's also kind of speaking of figuring out what to do what to do with your life and what to also what to produce, what to do in the market environment we're in, you know, like what do you want to work on? What do you want to earn money with? What is meaningful to you? What kind of products do you want to make? What kind of services you want to offer for others? And if you kind of, if you're not fighting for survival all the time, you actually want to produce something that is value, valuable. Uh, to yourself and others. And I think we see this already happening in Bitcoin with Bitcoiners starting various ventures. And, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, like (laughs) raising cattle, selling beef, those kind of things, you know, high quality products and um, just having the ability to, having something to rely upon. I think that's, you know, that, that that's a large part of it all but something that also came to my mind is that we never had absolute limitation before we just never had it mm-hmm. and there's something to be said about this that i for example i made i made my peace with bitcoin a long time ago that i just i will only have a very small piece of the pie you know <laughs> I, I feel like even though you know like a, a lot of bitcoiners can can uh, you could get the impression that some Bitcoiners are greedy in the sense of you know stacking as many sets as possible and so on? Um, but I, I'm not sure how true this is. I don't know. It's not true for me. I'm not super super greedy in 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 terms of you know I I just know I I, I will never come close to having <laughs> 21 million Bitcoin for example. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? It's like it's it's just it's just um hmm. I, I feel like personally it helped me to 
it helped me to not be greedy because yeah. there is only this set amount and 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 it's you know like having a, a small slice of that is, is good enough what else do i want <laughs> and it's it's um i i feel like if if you have something that can that has no limit on it that can be produced limit like you don't cherish it you know it, it's very much like if you think about food and you have like your favorite kind of food at home all the time it's like if you're a kid and you have chocolate at home all the time you're, you stuff your mouth full with chocolate because there's always chocolate and there will always be more and it's limitless chocolate you you don't really cherish it and, and there's never enough you know like you will never have enough but you know if there's only one piece maybe your perspective changes sure. and bitcoin is like this this one one piece you know like we only have a limited set and I know I will only be on this planet a limited time. And so I, I don't think, know. I think, I, I, you know, I know there's something I, to be said about the perfect limitation. Sure. I'll, there's much yet to be said about absolute limitation and, and our engagement with it and how it affects us. Absolutely. I mean, we're just, I think, just scratching the surface at even coming to grips with what that even means for us. But I, I do, I do understand what you're trying to say there. And, and, you know, for me, I think the rabidness by which we want to accumulate Bitcoin is for most people, when you boil it all down, I mean, people realize that it represents freedom in its most pristine form than anything ever before, right? The more stack uh, sats you can stack, the more freedom that you're probably going to have available to you in the future. And freedom by virtue of the fact that I think even for those of us who don't recognize it and we layer on all sorts of asinine political philosophies on top of it, I, th I think freedom is like one of the highest values. And, you know, if you consult the theological or spiritual or whatever literature, East, West, everywhere, I mean, I think it, you can often boil it down to that notion, to the idea of liberation and the means of getting there being truth and the experience of liberation once, once, uh, achieved being a like a unitive connection or you what you might call love with all others you know and so this this is why I've been kind of beating that horse and investigating that area just to kind of try to distill it down to its barest parts and see like what this really is what it's granting and why it's having these effects and I, I think that's definitely part of it but to your point about the opposite side of that. And maybe, you know, maybe the rabid accumulation phase, like once the S once we reach kind of the, the top of the S curve and it flattens out a bit, like maybe that'll die down dramatically. And cause, cause I also feel simultaneous to, and I, I like, I don't feel a lot of greed either, to be honest with you, like for, for better or for worse. And it may even be for worse. Like I'm just not that incentivized by that aspect of things. What I'm incentivized by the most is trying to determine what is most valuable to me. And it seems to me that that pursuit is continues to bring me back to these paramount values of truth and freedom and love. And I want to try to align myself with, or even like embody those things more and more. And to the extent that I'm able to do that, I feel like a sense of wealth growing inside of me as weird as that may sound. And so, and then I, you know, the, the rub or the challenge is 
how do you orient your perspective and your behaviors around what you deem to be the highest values with the greatest fidelity? Because if you really do believe they are the highest values, then you becoming an expression of them is the ultimate thing that you can do with your limited resources. And there's a faith there, I suppose, in that saying that, should I be able to do, do that, or to the extent that I'm able to do that, I will be not even taken care of. Like by virtue of that, I will have, I will be achieving or accessing or accumulating the thing of greatest value that's available to me. And, the, you know, and, uh, and I think the reason why there's so much, such a visceral attraction to Bitcoin is because as we keep exploring, it is representative of those paramount values, let's say in the, in, in the interpersonal world. And so it, I think it's natural that we would gravitate towards it and want to access, access it and leverage it toward that end, toward integrating those values and becoming them more. And then the faith being that should I, well, again, to the extent that I'm able to do that, I think the, the appropriate amount of value will be recognized in me by those people in my interpersonal environment. And that will be sufficient to sustain me on whatever aim I'm ultimately trying to inch towards. You know, and again, like I, I understand that that language is not only somewhat vague, but it's, uh, it's, it's, what's the right word? Hoity-toity isn't the right word, but you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like kind of woo-woo language in a sense, but like, and this is why in, uh, you know, some of the recent writing I've been doing and some that I'm working on now, like I'm really trying to bring a rational and logical basis or analysis to this type of thinking, because I, I don't want to believe in anything. I don't want to pursue anything. Uh, just because like, it, it feels like I, I want to make sure what I'm pursuing is grounded in, in truth to the extent possible and, and being disciplined with your, the way in which you try to poke holes in your assumptions or poke holes in the logic that you're using to arrive in a certain perspective or belief is super important. And so, but I think it can be done. I mean, if, if there is any truth out there available to us, right. If, if, if there actually is truth in the world, if it's not just an empty vacuum, you know, and, and everything is relative, but if there is truth, I, it must be the case that it's logically, it, you're able to derive or arrive at it logically and rationally. Now, like right at the end of that process, maybe there's inevitably an element of what you might call faith because it's impossible to ever know everything. And maybe the ineffable is always in territory that, you know, human logic can't access, but I think we can get right there on the door of it. And it seems to me that Bitcoin, what it inspires in people or what it's been inspiring in me is simply a, a, like a clarity around the power of these paramount values. And it seems to be that by virtue of its them being implicit in Bitcoin and it accruing so much market value in such a short period of time, it's like, it seems to be confirming or affirmative of, of their value. And what we're all trying to do now, it seems is wrap our heads around what it means that such a thing that is so imbued with those values, what it means for 
our individual consciousness perspective and lives and what results collectively as a result of that uh, being a means of communicating value interpersonally. And, you know, as you and I have talked many times, both publicly and privately, like part of the reason why I think that's powerful and why these, you, you, you referenced religious stories before and religious ideas and how, and we kind of talked about how they're just ideas, but they're trying to map onto something. And perhaps by virtue, like perhaps the reason why they've been so sticky or so powerful is because the map is actually, you know, quite close to the territory. And that's why they've been so useful. And, you know, what does it Peterson, mean now? That Peterson, would, Peterson would say that they're, that, that they're true, capital T true, you know, like matter true in the sense that they, they embody this eternal truth. That's like, I mean, existence seems to be story like, it seems like we, <laughs> we, yeah, we seem see to the world be... through narrative. We see ourselves and our own lives through, through narrative, right? And I, as you know, um, a lot of religious scholars will tell you that God is, or God might be described as truth in the service of love. And, mm. you know, that's, that's such a condensed phrase. And you <laughs> probably, you know, like you, <laughs> it's, it will sound like gibberish kind of, if you, if you hear it for the first time and if you're not um again coming back to the to the to crypto world world you know like the, the, there's so much truth embedded in, in this <laughs> and it resonated with me deeply uh the first time i i heard it and i i was studying um you know like not necessarily re religious texts but various religious viewpoints and uh, i was like yeah that's right and that's also bitcoin and uh, I tweeted this out a, a while ago, and uh, you know it's always funny because it, it is kind of uh, it is all <laughs> it, it it is always funny to kind of throw these things out there and just see what happens. See what happens. But yeah. and, and and like who who picks up on it and, and who does who gets so. triggered? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's that's and, actually kind of that's kind of my point that like the fact that. Because, I mean, maybe you could make the case that like so many things emerge in the world. And if we really do live in a reality in which like that has a fractal like structure. And I, I think there's a strong case to be made by that by virtue of the fact that, you know, every every system is nestled within another system. Right. And every kind of pattern is influenced by the pattern in which it operates. Right. The solar system is like Earth is impacted by the pattern of the solar system, which is impacted by the pattern of the galaxy, which is impacted by the pattern, you know? And so I think in that mm -hmm. way, there's influence, there's a thread of influence that connects things all the way down. And mm -hmm. sometimes things emerge or you can look at things and you can look at the patterns represented in them. And I think you can gain insight by applying that pattern to a level above or below and seeing how much it coheres to one another. And like you, maybe you can start, if you have a greater understanding of, of one of those patterns and you can apply those insights to the other one and maybe it's fruitful. And mm -hmm. again, I, I like, I think that is the case with Bitcoin and that, and this is why we talk about it being like Messiah-like in that it's representative of the word, you know, those paramount values that perhaps are fundamental, like, part of the fundamental fabric of those of those invisible patterns that govern 
part of this reality that we experience and mm -hmm. they're imbued or represented in this thing in their highest fidelity form ever. And mm -hmm. if that is the case, I mean, of course, it's no wonder that it's, it's causing so much intellectual stimulation and it's, you know, mind blowing and all this kind of stuff. Cause people are trying to figure out which people are just trying to wrap their heads around that. And then of course the, the idea of like Messiah characters or hero characters throughout history has been that, right. They've been the word made flesh, those paramount values imbued into form that we can that we can apprehend that we can emulate that we can understand better through we can see our own perspective and we can engage with the reality through that perspective that's been generated in you know this narrative or based on your beliefs this actual person that may have existed but even even in the, in the latter case i think it's so much more powerful the narrative is so much more powerful. The idea is so much more powerful than any, you know, than a person like a fantastical person with, with powers that might've existed. And I just mean that by virtue of like, I think it affects consciousness more than just, you know, witnessing something amazing. You know why I, 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 I had to giggle when you said um, <laughs> the word, the word became flesh because I wanted to interrupt you before. And not only say this line, but speaking of messianic Bitcoin, and I mean, you know, now now it's basically out in the open. Like a couple of years ago, <laughs> you were you were you were labeled a crazy person if you would say right. something like this. Now it's just you know regular um, you know Bitcoiners talking to each other, and you know like uh, as Eric says, you know like obviously Bitcoin is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Like what do you mean? <laughs> and I I just had to laugh because I I I. I actually put this in, in in the in the latest piece uh which was inalienable property rights but i put the line in there and i, I don't think anyone picked up on it yet really but yeah jesus you know i had it in, the word in, became in money messiah too <laughs> the word the word became flesh no but 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 now now like um now we have bitcoin and bitcoin works the other way around and bitcoin is the flesh that became word because Bitcoin creates the word and it starts from computers crunching numbers. It, it starts in the bare metal. You know, you need ASICs nowadays, but actual electrons, actual things have to move in the world to create this word. So it's the, it's the other way around. It's the flesh became word. And then we have Bitcoin. Flesh kind and of being a metaphor for the material. Yes. And, and also, you know, I mean, we have Satoshi uh, as well. Like it, it works in this way too, you know, mm -hmm. like it. It, it is the other way around. <laughs> and so it's kind of, it's kind of perfect for, you know, Jesus 2.0. <laughs> and it's, again, coming back to what you mentioned as well. Um, uh, like, did this happen in the past? Did like, you know, are the stories true? We can't know and we can't know because the records that we have we can't we can't be sure if these things happened and and you know like it would be very different if like <laughs> again coming back to the reification of information we can actually be sure about the things that happened in bitcoin inside the system we can be sure about you know like the past um hash rate and past transactions and so on like we can be very very sure about those things and so i feel like it, it is you know it it, <laughs> it is an upgrade of sorts you know like we, we we now have 
we now have a history that we can't be sure about. And I feel like this, this, and we can be reasonably sure, reasonably sure that it won't be corrupted in the future, because it's also you know like that's also something that's that's something <laughs> to think about. It's yeah. it's once uh, once a new block is found, it is done. You know, like it's you don't have to keep the information alive, so to speak. Like if if I would snip with my finger and all mining would stop, the past the past is still unchanging, you know, like it's, you know what I mean? You don't have to keep the life actively, so to speak. You have to keep the life to extend the, the records, but it is the reification of information. This is such a powerful term. Like I'm, I'm eternally grateful for Adam Gibson for, for, for bringing this to my attention. It is like you, you put in all this effort and then information pops out and it is like, it is like a, a stone of the pyramids, you know, like yeah. it, it has physical, physical form so to speak and 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 that's also that's that's also why i disagreed so vehemently with the framing uh, uh framing bitcoin as, as violence and so on it's like it, it's just it's just text it's it, it, it's just speech you know it's like you have this event this this miraculous very improbable event where all this flesh <laughs> is creating a word and then you're in the domain of words of pure information and and this cannot be violent you know like that's that's not how words work <laughs> yeah it's, you know and, and it's I, I i just think it's it's funny that so many like there is a reason why why bitcoiners are talking about you know messianic bitcoin and the second coming of jesus christ and so on and all these maps uh, all these things map so perfectly on what bitcoin represents and how it operates and um and all the rest of it it like it's it keeps being funny to me i just think it's like a, a big big cosmic joke you know yeah well i think i've told you this before but you know in on some of my you know mystical experiences and stuff you know a lot of a lot of things happen and, and ultimately for me the like the apex of the experience is is complete unity and, and, and peace, right? So there's, there's not much thoughts happening, but typically as a part of the experience, when you encounter that grand all encompassing force, whatever we want to call it, you know, the fabric of the universe, God, energy source, whatever, uh, it very often lets out like several belly laughs, like in my presence, you know, like it seems for whatever reason, like humor seems to be a, a yeah. strong component of it. But, you know, just to, just to go back to what you were saying about, cause I've heard Peterson use that phrase before as well. Uh, I think he's something mm -hmm. like God is truth in the service of love. And it is mm -hmm. very much like what we've been exploring with Bitcoin. And, and like, when we were asking like, well, what is money and, and, and how truth is, how the fact that it's able to uh, preserve truthful information better than anything in the past, I, and for that reasons, I can also do the love part, no problem. You know, like we, we, I think, I think we spoke mostly about the truth part, and it's well, the love. The love part is very easy because it's just nonviolence and and voluntary interaction. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, actually, let's go, let's come back to that. But I was just going to say, like, so you <laughs> when when you have say truth in the service of love, like I think it we basically already said it. We say that an incorruptible truth provides access to a type of freedom that 
in, you know, in its, let's say, purest form. Because if you can use that incorruptible truth by virtue of the fact that it's incorruptible, it means it grants you at least some uh, freedom in a certain form. Uh, and, you know, when it's so extensible interpersonally, let's say, then that freedom is, is extended out into all the interactions you might have, at, at, at least again, in a, in a certain context. But in the context of money and markets, it's probably the most relevant context. And then what I think that establishes is by virtue of the fact that the everyone is operating on that basis of freedom and nobody has uh, an unfair advantage over anyone else within the con anyone else within the context of that system i've often um you know described or you know come to appreciate a, a particular definition of like non-romantic love being uh the recognition of a lack of separation between all things right and you know i know that again is a bit woo woo but like i think it or you could just say unity right and by what what kind of relationships what kind of what does the Bitcoin network grant to its participants? It grants an equality of connectedness, right? A, a basically an, a fair unity between all actors within it. So like, you know, maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but I think you could easily say like it by virtue of the fact of its ability to instantiate truthfulness and the freedom that that grants, relationships that you might characterize as being loving are able to propagate and, and be accessible and established by people. And so, you know, if that's the case, I mean, I, I don't think Bitcoin is God, right? I, I, far be it for me to even venture a guess at what that notion is. I'm shaking my head right now, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but, but certainly if, if we think like the, the holiest things that we might encounter, be they ideas or things in the actual world, are those things that reflect God's qualities the most, Perhaps it's one of those things. And again, we wind up in, in characterizing it with language like Messiah and second coming and hero and the word made flesh and et cetera. Isn't it also funny that Bitcoin embodies Islamic finance? Because, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Christian values and that, that's what popped into my head now when you said, you know, Bitcoin is not God. Basically, it's like, you know, most people talk about the Christian God because most people we converse with have have this kind of background but you know there yeah. is there is also uh Alan frank other wrote about this at length and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no and also other values right that are very deeply held in those traditions and it is and it's and it still works you know it's still mapping onto bitcoin because there mm -hmm. is no there is no usury in bitcoin basically you know like there is certain things are forbidden in islamic finance and and and, and bitcoin basically doesn't allow those things <laughs> And I always thought like that's that's just mind blowing. And also, <laughs> you know, that, no, it is like it 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 because you spoke about unification and so on. You know, like it unifies various aspects of various religions and there also of various just um, other kind of spiritual and mystical views. You know, like uh, I I I I noticed the last like two or three years or so maybe um, an increasing influx of people that come from a from just a pure spiritual side and they understand bitcoin almost immediately because it's like a holistic closed loop system you know mm -hmm. it's like it's it's it, it 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 maps very well on on the idea that uh you know like you you can't separate it into parts 
you know it's like holistic medicine basically it's like it, um i I, <laughs> I can't come up with a better example on the spot because this world is very foreign to me but i think you you you, you know what i mean yeah. and regarding the connectedness it's also when you spoke about that it's it should go without saying and it should also be obvious but it's it, it to, for me it always helps to to really spell these things out bitcoin is about connecting people nothing else bitcoin mm -hmm. only works with people you know and it's also we are a very we are we are a networked organism that's why we have language and, and all the rest of it, you know, like we, um, and I mean, Peterson talks about this all the time as well. You have no idea what kind of ripples you <laughs> produce in this, in this network, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, he always has this line of, you know, a hundred people and they know a hundred people. And it's like, it doesn't take many hops until, until you are influencing a million people basically. And um, it's, <sighs> I think that's also in part why the overlap is so big because I think, you know, the, the stories that are thousands of years old are in part about that as well. It's, it's about how to behave properly in this network and what yeah. kind of influence you have and so on. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, there is, there is something to be said about this unification property of Bitcoin, because the way, I mean, there is also a reason why the, 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 English, the English language unifies, you know, and chess unifies and numeracy, mathematics uni, unifies, you know, like the, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you, if you, if you, <laughs> if you're a math nerd, then you will. <laughs> be unified with all the other math nerds i guess and mm -hmm. so on and and it's coming back to the to the love aspect it's <sighs> the way i meant it when i when i tweeted this out and i i think i have it in one one of the threads as well that uh you know bitcoin is truth in the service of love uh, we spoke about the truth aspect at length uh, you know the truthful record and truthful history and I mean, Thomas says this all the time as well. Uh, he has it in one of his writings as well. Like Bitcoin cannot lie to you, you know, like that's the way it's set up. And I think it's a nice, nice way of, of, of summing up what, uh, what we talked about. Uh, but the love aspect, I think it's, it's unappreciated uh, unless you are um, an Austrian and very well read in those things. It's underappreciated how miraculous it is that you can take money and go anywhere in the world, basically, and just get what you want and people will give it to you. Mm. willingly peacefully with a smile on their face basically you know like we we don't have many mechanisms to get other people to do things for us and we basically we we have pure love without anything in return which we use we usually do for our for our family for our kids and so on and this is also i think the the religious ideal you know like you should service everyone in that way basically yeah. but i think it just doesn't scale you know <laughs> it's a scaling issue mm -hmm. and totally and of course you know like we also have um war and slavery and destruction and and, and uh, <laughs> all, all those things which can be effective as well for a while but but as peterson also points out they're not stable you know like you you need to you need to 
put a lot of pressure on this system and you need to exert a lot of force for you know um <laughs> cracking the whip all the time and so this is just not stable over time and so voluntary exchange is the only thing that's stable over time over long periods of time and the only thing that's that really scales and and in, the, in that sense like that that's the way i i meant it with in the service of love you know like it's it's definitely not in the service of hate like no one can get your bitcoin with violence they just can't if you if you use bitcoin properly and if you store it properly someone else has to provide a service that is meaningful to you that is valuable to you you will you have to spend your sets willingly for something that's that's more precious to you and 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 that's a very big thing that is a very big thing you know like it's again coming back to <laughs> to, to the killer app of bitcoin like that's <laughs> that's one of the killer apps that's a very very big thing no one can take your sets away from you and and this i think this also you know this encourages honesty and this encourages producing something that is worthwhile and that is valuable to others and it's yeah it's amazing really that that all of that stems from such a simple thing really you know like from from, from these sets of rules that bring about absolute scarcity and uh, it's it really is amazing like it every day it blows my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. But you know, it's an interesting point. Um, you know, how let's you, you reference like when you love your family, like you'll do anything for them voluntarily, you know, for free, right? You'll sacrifice your limited time and energy and opportunity cost resources to do things for people you love. Like that's even that's might even be how you express it. Like that when you do it, you call it love, right? Uh, and maybe, you know, the function one of the functions of money and you know the 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 more pristine or perfect the money the better it is at doing this is just allowing fostering interactions with people that are unknown to each other but on the same basis like yes fostering an interaction kind of of love but a, a mechanism to facilitate that right so like it's not exactly the same cuz you're 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 giving something in exchange but the action that it's uh, impelling or inspiring is very similar in kind yes. and so it's it's able to foster those unitive loving relationships between people via this mechanism even though let's say the emotional you know uh, relationship or something hasn't been established and yes, as you say exactly I mean, that's, right. that's incredibly amazing and you know the 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 other thing that you mentioned that i thought was interesting was it this the same as when we accept bitcoin like when you run a node, when you stack sats, when you spend Bitcoin, you're implicitly saying yes to the values that it embodies, right? Which we've been yes. exploring here. So you're saying yes, immutable truth. Yes, like, and all the qualities that allow for that to happen. You don't have to, yeah. you could say yes to other values. You could say yes to yeah. another form of money. You could say yes to another, you know, crypto yeah. or whatever like that. You could and, say yes to 42 million. <laughs> right, exactly. And and so what you're doing, again, when you kind of undress it, you're saying yes to certain values. So Bitcoin is a shelling point of value, i.e. like yes. market value, but it's a shelling point of values as well. You're saying I value truth, freedom, fairness, and all these things we've been exploring. And when you're when you align with somebody else on such paramount values, naturally, I mean, those are, I think those are the most important things that people can 
can align or cohere on. And so naturally that's going to foster very strong unit of relationships between people who are doing that, even people that don't know each other. And, you know, the same is true with religion, right? Like you look at a given religion, you see the implicit values, you say yes to it. And if that's a, if that yes is sincere, because, you know, a lot of people might pay lip service to things that they want to believe about themselves, but it's not reflected in their actions. Well, let's say that it's sincere. Then of course, other people that have said yes to the same implicit values, you're going to build, you know, extremely strong and aligned relationships with, because you're converging on the same paramount values that most orient your behavior and your perspective. And so of course, those relationships are going to be very frictionless. They're going to be very unitive. They're going to be very productive. They're going to be very loving. Right. And, and again, like, what do you see when you go to a Bitcoin conference? All these people have said yes to these same values. And like, what, you know, what does your relationship counselor say, you know, or whatever it's like, well, if you're, if you and your spouse aren't aligned on the same values, it's going to be a very hard time because those are the most important things. Those are the things that most orient your behavior and your perspective on things. Well, you know, expand that out to a market and a, and a, even a species, like even humanity, the more you can get everyone to say yes to certain implicit values, then the, the more harmony and flourishing I think you're going to get. And this is why it's so important. This might be the power of de- and the importance of determining which values should be paramount, which values we sh- are, are most validly or rationally said yes to. And I do think that's mm-hmm. been part of the religious enterprise and the philosophical enterprise, of course, but it's trying yeah. to say which, which values are somehow inherent in this reality this, that we experience and how our consciousness interplays with it and how should we identify them? And when we identify them, should we not say yes and converge on them for the benefit that doing so brings both to us as individuals and as we interact collectively or interpersonally? And I think the answer is like, yes and yes. And the fact that now there's a mechanism that's com- like inspiring or compelling that, not just by virtue of conceptually the idea of the values that it represents, but actually being a like a quote unquote physical or material mechanism for for drawing for facilitating exchange around those values, let's say, then of course it's going to be like tremendously powerful because it, it's combining. It's combining different realms that were here, like up to this point, disparate, perhaps like, you know, the religious and the economic, perhaps they were disparate and and separated before. And maybe it's bringing the two together. Oh, yeah. And it's it's so many things were absolutely spot on that you said, you know, like I, I, um, I think most people are like, they don't realize this fact that that Bitcoin embodies and has has embedded in it those kind of values and that's also why i why i said in the past that bitcoin is very political the resulting system is apolitical in the sense that anyone can join and anyone can use it but just the act of joining it and what it is trying to do is very political it is a political statement and and, and an action also you know like just the fact that satoshi (laughs) <laughs> what Satoshi did was the political statement as well, you know, like, okay, let's separate money and state. This is something that could actually do it. That's a political idea and action and so on. Let's, let's not censor any 
transaction whatsoever. If you have a valid signature and if you pay the fees, you're good to go. You know, like, like re let's let's remove the humans from the equation of the money flows and of the money production. And also, what you said about you know, like going to a Bitcoin conference and everyone is aligned on on on, on these values. You know, if you are a Bitcoiner, I can. I already know you to a certain degree, you know, mm. you're not a central banker, for example, to pick a very simple, very obvious <laughs> example. And depending yeah. on how, how, how deep you want to dig and, and also how, you know, like how well you're aligned with, with Bitcoin. I, I've said this in the past, you know, I, I had to burn like 85% of my old self off to yeah. align myself with Bitcoin, basically. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, that just that statement is, I mean, you it, it aligns. So, I mean, it's, you've heard that statement in, in the religious and spiritual domains before, right. Yeah. And because it's the, it's that idea of sacrifice. I'm, I'm, I have to give up aspects of myself that are not aligned with those paramount values such that I can bring them into myself or align with yeah. them or embody them more, right. It's necessary to give myself up to them in order to bring them into my life more something like that. You know, it's very similar language. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and just just to to you know to tell you what I mean by that, maybe it's or just to pick a very easy example. It's I I I never cared about money, and I still really don't. You know, like again, I, I care about fixing the money, but it's <laughs> I don't care about <laughs> I don't know whatever labos to to pick the obvious meme. But I used to think that we don't really need money and we can all live in the Star Trek universe and have replicators and, and then everything and the fusion reactors and all, all would be good. So science and technology is all we need. And we just need progress on that front. And then, you know, there will be no hunger and no suffering and so on. I, I was very mistaken about it. I, I realized later on. <laughs> anyway, I, I used to be a big fan of UBI for that reason, right. you know, I was just like, okay, let's just, we have money and there is money and it's just like a, a redistribution issue. And so just let's distribute it to everyone. I'm still a big fan of UBI, but for very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's you acceleration is you. <laughs> just to, yeah, accelerate the inevitable hyper-Bitcoinization. That was just a joke, by the way. I hope that hyper-Bitcoinization uh, comes about rather slowly. Otherwise, you know, the slower it will come, the, the, the less violent uh, in, in the sense of the less disruptive it, it will be. Yeah. But, but anyway, you know, like I had to completely kill off all those ideas i had to and, and and you know those those ideas those kind of axioms were very dear to me you know like it, it was very painful to to kind of have to change my mind on on those kind of things you know and um one thing i also realized speaking of coming back to what you also mentioned in in terms of extending your love to strangers by doing a voluntary exchange for money you know, like that's such an important concept because money is only required for strangers. You don't need money inside your family and inside your, if you trust someone, if you're very good friends with someone, you can rely on credit. It's no issue at all. You only need money for strangers. And money is like Sabo wrote, uh, Nick Sabo wrote about this at length. It's the, it's, it's the only thing basically that scales through those trust boundaries. So you need money for anything for any complex societies to scale. And as Brandon Quidem will tell you that, you know, we are not the only species that comes up with money or money-like constructs or, you know, tokens that are being passed around. Like any networked organism does this and has to do this, you know, like you, you need to 
you need to have a way to communicate value. You need mm -hmm. to have a way because because the, uh, that's also the, uh, Peterson knows this very very well. You know, like the information is distributed. You cannot you cannot centrally you cannot have a central control that gathers all this information. It's just computationally speaking, it's an impossible problem. It really mm -hmm. is an impossible problem. And and John Vivekhi talks about this as well. You know, you will always run into this problem of combinatorial explosion, even mm -hmm. even doing away with all the latency issues that you have with a, with a central point in a network. You know, all the information has to flow to the to the central point, and then you know it has to spread out again and so on. Even ignoring that, just just kind of gathering all the information and computing the right results is, is basically mathematically impossible. You will always run into these problems of combinatorial explosion where just, you know, like you would need a, a, a computation device, a brain or a computer or what have you that would immediately collapse into a black hole because the computational steps that you need to do and the, the stuff you need to store is so vast that, you know, either your CPO or your, your, your hard disk would... Would it, it would implode into a black hole. I mean, well, if you I like if it, you... I like it when you say you you say it would have to be made of something other than matter and occupy something other than space or something like yeah that, yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah that's not my line that that, that was Bruce Schneier uh, talking about uh, SHA two fifty six security you know like we we are we are very sure about the security uh, of 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 certain you know cryptographic hash functions and certain uh, bit security for encryption and so on because just crunching the numbers. If you have a perfect computer and a Dyson sphere attached to it with all the energy in the world, <laughs> it will still take you know like billions of years. So so you know like we can be reasonably sure about those kind of things. And the same is right. true. Like take the world economy and try to centrally control it. All yeah. the things you have to measure and all the things you have to calculate, you can't do it. The computer you would need to build, even if it would be a perfect computer, would collapse into a black hole. You know, like the, those are the things we're talking about. And so you need something like money just for informational purposes alone just from a from a from an information theory standpoint just from a physics and math standpoint you need something mm -hmm. like money something that a signaling mechanism that is distributed a signaling mechanism that is decentralized and, and that's what organisms use that's what uh, uh, mycelium uses and fungal networks use and i mean brandon knows like a hundred times more about this than i do but that's coming back to to the truth in the service of love discussion you know like the love part it's it's you you by interacting with a stranger you that's also a very a very petersonian idea you know like you 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 know that you could get scammed <laughs> but mm. you extend this trust for the time being you know like you will always have this problem that you can you could hand over the money and the guy could run away you know this is true online this is true offline you know like it's <laughs> <laughs> there are very very few things where, where this isn't true but it is usually true so so you're you're always in a in a very short term trust relationship with a merchant or or what have you and and that's why money is so important because money actually good money not fiat money good money actually has final settlement and then it's done you know like you you extend the love for the other you extend this trust relationship that you usually reserve for your friends and family to others to strangers and and if everything works as expected that it's settled you know money is exchanged and the good and services is, is exchanged and then you don't have to trust this person anymore it, it is done you know that's that's what final settlement means like people people don't think about these things properly and deeply enough like that's that's such an important thing like it's there are some there are some futurists and there are some people that that talk about 
reputation systems and automating all of that and and we could just rely on credit that's such bullshit it's so stupid it it will never work it's it just doesn't you you, you would have you know <laughs> you, you would have the whole world running on DeFi, and if one of these trust links breaks <laughs> then you have cascading effects through the whole world and everything would implode and money fixes this you know and money yeah. money is what we need to to fix this yeah and and truthful money as we've been dis- uh, exploring like that's what permits you to act as if in with a high degree of confidence right act as if you're in a loving relationship with someone that's what the money is fostering right all the different mm-hmm. trust and the considerations and everything that's wrapped up in that that's what a a you know an incorruptible a truthful means a, a, a truthful messaging system that becomes money permits you know, and that's also where the limit comes in. And that's what American exactly. Hall was harping about all the time. It's you're extending this loving relationship to your future self. You're stacking sets for your future self. You know, like Bitcoin is self-love. That was his line. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. take care of your future self. Do important work today and, and stack sets, you know, like produce value today and stack sets for your future self. You know, good money allows you to do that. Sound money allows you to do that. This absolute limitation that we spoke of, of 21 million allows you to do that. And fiat does not allow you to do that. You know, it's like, it's, (laughs) I think that's where all the the, the nihilism comes from. You know, it's, it's completely made up and not, not tethered to reality. It's, it's like, why should you work and and put money in the bank? It's, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna melt away anyway. It's, it might vaporize overnight. Like, you don't know. It happens all the time. Totally, totally. You know, I want to I want to go back to something that you touched on a few minutes ago because or that we've been exploring because we've been saying that this the emergence of Bitcoin and what it represents and trying to wrap one's head around it, uh, you know, not only is a means of expressing values, but it's actually having this like feedback effect whereby it's also helping us, you know, those who are interested in such pursuits. Uh, gain more clarity around what paramount the highest values actually are. And, I, you know, we've discussed this before that like you will treat your highest value as a type of God, right? Because it's going to be the thing that in that a priori membrane between you and the world is what determines what actions you take, right? If you value A more than B, you go for A, you, know, you go down that road or whatever. And so like determining what your highest orienting value is or values is of paramount importance because it's going to be so it's going to determine so much of of your life and this has i think for many of us bitcoin has inspired the the enterprise of determining greater or establishing greater clarity around what those values are for us but also what they should be and of course many are exploring the religious domains the philosophical the you know people are going all over the place trying to figure this out but and i think that's a you know me too that's a super interesting conversation and also it's already being reflected in our behaviors right like as as we kind of touched on already you both by virtue of the fact that i think that greater clarity is um being established on values and we're, we're beginning to perhaps realize many of us that like the values of truth and freedom and love and fairness and peace and and uh, and these sorts of things are of greater value than 
you know, the Lambos and the all the way down to chairs, you know, as the meme goes. And now part <laughs> of that is also because the value that we ascribe to Bitcoin is such that everything in comparison to it is diminished. And as a result, to the extent that we can, we want to funnel more value. We want to be more oriented by the value represented in Bitcoin than other, th other things in our lives. And so what I've been trying to determine um, is if our we are being kind of reorganized in terms of our values. And as you already said, you know, when you mentioned that 85% of you, your prior self had been burned off in, in the process of coming to appreciate and understand Bitcoin. Um, when, if that, if that were to happen on mass, like if, if we really genuinely became more oriented towards what were actually fundamental values. And I, you know, that's a big statement because it's making a statement about, you know, the nature of reality, that it's somehow uh, parameterized or constructed via these values, the words for which we, the, uh, the words to uh, identify, which we use are things like truth and freedom and love. Um, but if we are oriented that way, like, what does that mean for, well, let me, let me phrase it this way. And I know this is long winded, but let's just say that th those become the greatest aims, right? Moving toward and embodying and expressing those values in our lives and out into the world more and more and more. And if that's the aim, what do you think the future looks like in terms of what we build to, uh, to glorify those aims basically, or those values. And by that, like, let me just give you a little bit more context because that might not be super clear, but like we <laughs> tend to think of like the future as, as you said, like the, the transporters and the wormholes and the starships and all that kind of stuff. But our conception of the future is intimately wrapped up in the values that we currently hold and in the values of the current modern materialist era, let's say it's very much the notion that progress means technological innovation and the extension of material life, both the extension of our material life span and the extension of material life out into the universe, right? Like more novel stuff. Um, and perhaps, you know, this is perhaps why we're technology has been such an emphasis um, in our modern era, but, you know, there were, there were periods where like, you know, you brought up Egypt before, you know, Egypt, went through basically like 3000 years of history, which is a fucking long ass time in the context of, you know, the history of human civilization, whereby they seem to reach a certain state of sophistication and kind of hung out there for a, a, a really long time with not like too many obvious material changes. Now that may, you know, you, you could chalk that up to just being like, well, whatever force conjured up and generated all that innovation to get them to such a high state of civilization maybe it like it burned out and they just rode that from there but i think you could make perhaps a more rational case that like they achieved a state that was aligned with the thing that you know the values and the meanings that were most paramount to them and maybe they just they hung out there more but but nevertheless because <laughs> that you know the egyptologist might uh, destroy me for that example but all i'm trying all i'm trying to ask you is like or I'm making the statement that what we end up 
externalizing out into the world, what we end up building, what a cult culture ultimately becomes a reflection of the values we hold. And if we're kind of making the case that the emergence of Bitcoin is reorienting our notion of values and what they should be and how we engage and, and interact with them and, and express them, how do you think that's going to impact what culture becomes in the future? Because I think it could very well be the case that when it, when we ascribe more value to these values. Like I was saying before, like, you know, my greed is very much held in check or, or subordinate to my desire to become and understand and integrate these, these paramount values. And that means that like, I'm going to probably seek to perhaps create less just for the sake of material innovation. And I'll be maybe devoted to other pursuits. How do you think this reframing of values is going to influence our notion of the future? Like perhaps mm -hmm. it'll be wildly different. Perhaps it won't just be this like crazy technological starships everywhere thing. And maybe it'll be, you know, something quite different, but by virtue of the fact that it's what we want and it's more aligned with values will be more like it'll happen because we want it to. Right. And, and maybe we shouldn't mm -hmm. be so sad if it ends up not being wormholes <laughs> and starships everywhere. I know that was long-winded, oh, but I think you get my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was good. Uh, I, I have like um, five or six points in my <laughs> mental checklist that I want to go through, but I, I probably for, forget the, the rest after the, after the first one or the first two. So I think, I think it will be very different than the sci-fi utopia that the, the, the Star Trek people had in mind. And that, you know, some people... Um, like Eric Weinstein, you know, like he always um, harps on about, you know, we have to leave the earth and move to the stars and 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 so on. And without uh, so the I shitty people, he, <laughs> we have to. Yeah, 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 all, exactly. All Let's take all the elites and go to, <laughs> um, to Alpha Centauri, you know, so whatever. Um, uh, and of course, we need completely new physics for it. So we we should invest our bitcoins in physics research. Uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that's 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 a, that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, it it just came to mind as an example of of the opposite of what I see in in Bitcoin and uh, the Bitcoiners that I surround myself with. It it seems. To, Hold on, you said it seems. Um, uh, might just be my part. shitty Wi-Fi. <laughs> it could be mine too. It's, it seems to me that um, it's it, <laughs> that's that's the, <laughs> that's the downside, right, of <laughs> living the hyper-bitcoinized <laughs> life on <laughs> some remote place already. You have shitty Wi-Fi sometimes. <laughs> All right, let's see if, if if I still got it. Um, so <laughs> I think the future will be very different, and not the sci-fi sci utopia that um, yeah some people still seem to have in mind. And the reason why I say this is because it seems to be happening already. And what I see with all the Bitcoiners that um, are close to me, and I, by close to me, are I mean in, in my filter bubble, basically. You know, like they are basically <laughs> buying farmland and <laughs> moving someplace where, you know, they uh, can raise a family and uh, um, move more towards a down-to-earth seven-generation style thinking. And I think it, it is related to what you mentioned also with you know like suddenly the lambo is not important anymore and even chairs are not really important and you know i mean let's be honest what what is a lambo but a, a fast moving chair you know like <laughs> you, you don't need this at all and so people seem to invest um their their time and their money into 
building a future that's worth living for them individually and for their family and 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 their, their loved ones basically and i think i think it is related to the 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 simple fact that bitcoin puts the individual back in charge it puts the individual at the center and it it is very hard to be a collectivist and a bitcoiner some people manage they are a mystery to me you know like we have some socialist bitcoiners and so on yeah. but it's it's just purely from the monetary perspective and from a money control perspective it's basically impossible you know like you are in charge in bitcoin bitcoin truly puts the individual at the center and i, I really wish that peterson would understand bitcoin well enough on a technical level that he would see this because that's what is that's what makes bitcoin so powerful and that's also what makes it so transformational once you realize this it's it's very it's very similar to to and and that's a that's a petersonian idea again like if you would only realize how powerful you are if you know if you knew how to write properly you know like that's that's i'm i'm writing basically because peterson convinced me of that and 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 he's right about it you know like it's 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 like you <laughs> it, it it is a transformative technology in the sense that it helps you to structure your thoughts and to think properly and so on you know and but a pen is just a tool you know and we talked we, we talked about this with peterson and, and he he asked us this question like why does bitcoin transform people and i didn't have a good answer back then like I, I i i i I'm, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too i and I'm, I'm still i'm still kind of um, said about it that I, I wasn't able to <laughs> to to put it together uh, on on the spot. I mean, the the pragmatic answer is that Bitcoin is transformative because it because of two things: it lowers your time preference, and it makes you responsible. Like it puts the responsibility on you, you know. But it's it's and and another way of of saying this is that Bitcoin puts the individual in the center again, you know. Mm. And I think it spreads from there in the sense that you kind of you put more weight on you and your future self because you can and then it extends from there you know like you have this solid foundation you have you have this this <laughs> i don't want to call it trust but let's call it trust <laughs> because it's not a guarantee but you have the virtual guarantee that bitcoin will be there for you in like 20 years from now 50 years from now 100 years from now you know it it, it will be there for you and so you can Build yourself up around that. It's it's the base for your future, and of course you can also then build a family and include others and so on. And and I think and and you don't need any outside help kind of for that. You don't need any collectivist ideas. And you know of course caveat emptor like <laughs> as we said before, humans are networked and you you can't do absolutely everything alone. Just you know try dropping yourself off on an uninhabited island without any tools, without any clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are dependent on other people and so on. But, but still, that, that's the way I see it. And that's also my explanation, at least for the kind of lifestyles we see the current cohort of Bitcoiners gravitate towards. And so I think the future will be very, very different. It, it, it will... Uh, I don't know. Speaking of the, you mentioned you mentioned Egypt. You know, it's mind-boggling how long the Egyptian empire was stable. It's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. I always li like this factoid, and uh, I hope it's I hope it's right. I don't know. I don't think I ever fact-checked it. Maybe I did, but it's like <laughs> it goes like this: like the 
the, the pyramids, the great pyramids were built, um, I don't know, like four and a half thousand years ago or something like that. Yeah. And Cleopatra, uh, <laughs> everyone knows Cleopatra, you know, like she yeah. was born two and a half thousand years or time. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, um, the moon landing is closer to Cleopatra than the building of the pyramids. Yeah, you know, that's that's the punchline of the fact, you know, like it's insane. It's like, you know, it's it's pyramids were built two and a half thousand years past Cleopatra was born, two thousand more years past and we landed on the moon, you know, like that's that's yeah. basically how it goes. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. And so so I think we can have a certain kind of societal stability over long stretches of time. We had this in the past, you know, I don't think we have it now. I don't think God, no. I don't think what what we are doing now is sustainable in by, by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I hope that we will we will kind of return to this long-term thinking and um, a certain trust and hope and optimism for the future because we definitely don't have that right now. I to- I totally agree. And th- that that's that was basically my point. It's like, what is it that fosters the longevity and the cohesiveness and the flourishing of a civilization like that? And you know people have written books about it you know it's the religion it's the social structure it's the it's the money it's the economy all that kind of stuff perhaps all mixed together but like my point was simply that like clearly there was some as we were discussing before a convergence on values that like again not just paying lip service to them like so like they actually are what sincerely orients people toward a like a well, converging on certain values. And then as a result of people collectively holding certain values, that orients what people collectively build together, what they, what they devote their limited time and energy resources to actualizing in the material world. And, you know, in, in Egypt's case, it was like this fucking mind-blowingly advanced and complex. And like, we don't know what it was like to be an Egyptian in 5,000 years ago and, and like what their relationship to reality and God and, and society was like, perhaps it was like far more optimized and uh, genuine and high fidelity than the one we have today. You know, perhaps they were connected to each other and the ineffable and, you know, their intellect more like 10 times or whatever, more than we are today. And as a result, like look at what the, look what was spit out of that collective mindset, like something that we still just have no idea how it came to be and what it really means. And this, as you said about like Bitcoiners today, you know, this initial cohort seems to, as a result of uh, gaining greater clarity around value and values, end up wanting different things. And at the moment, and obviously this is very much uh, influenced by the context of the broader environment in which they're in, where there's so much craziness in the world. And a lot of Bitcoiners just say like, well, I want to kind of get out of there and I want to be self-sufficient and I want to, you know, I want to be more sovereign and independent. And that will inevitably change as environmental circumstances change. But the punchline is that that is being oriented and inspired by holding certain values above all others. And I think it's, you know, I agree with you that sound a money like Bitcoin is going to put us in a place where perhaps there's an opportunity where we achieve that more longstanding, not only like unity and cohesiveness, but uh, we actually are able to 
more ably strive towards and even glorify. And by that, I mean like properly uh, hold as our like North star or highest value, the right things. And if, if we do that, like what, what kind of, by what means do we do more of that? Right. And to use more narrative language, like by what means do we end up bringing God more into the world? If God is like the highest value or values and that may end up looking and I like even myself who I'm, I'm very open to that possibility. Part of me is disappointed. Cause I'm like, of course we grew up wanting the starships and the wormholes. And we're like, man, you, you tell me like it, it might not be that. And like, maybe it still will be of course, but like we have to appreciate that our notions of the future are entirely predicated on the values that we hold today. And if we're, we're suggesting that this thing is helping, to, well, changing our values and potentially helping us orient ourselves around more truthful or more validly paramount values, which I certainly am, my current thinking is that that is the case, then naturally, you know, how we apply ourselves toward striving toward a future goal or an, a future ideal that we hold in our minds is going to be different. And, you know, maybe it's the case that like, we're all just super high tech farmers, you know, and like, is none of this like starships and everything, but we just like the cattle are on automate and, you know, like life is very convenient and abundant. And we have like beautiful architecture and buildings everywhere because like, even, even that, you know, you wonder like, wow, what could, what could have caused people to be so devoted to like beautiful architecture in the past? And, you know, I don't think it's just exclusively like, well, the wealthy and powerful crack, crack the whip super hard. Like, I think it requires more of a sort of devotional attitude to like, what it is your work is going toward lifting up or glorifying or, or exemplifying in some way. And by virtue of the fact that that relationship is sincere, I think you can rationalize the time and the effort that you put into things. And we're, and I, I do think we're starting to see this in Bitcoin land, you know, whether it's artists or mm -hmm. entrepreneurs or whatever, like people are willing to devote their limit forever limited time and energy resources toward attempting to build something that in their frame of reference is beautiful. It might be a product or service. It might be a piece of art, but like it's, it's worthwhile. Your values determine the worthwhileness of your actions. And, you know, this is why I'm so, so kind of obsessed with determining like how we determine, like how should we determine the worthwhileness of our actions? And the answer is like, well, we have to gain clarity around our values. And if we agree that that's the case and kind of using the, the Egyptian example again, how should we frame progress? Cause I think like progress is something that helps us orient our striving, but I think you could very easily make a case because the, the, the de facto like notion is that history, like human civilization is a chronology of increasing progress, you know, with, <laughs> with certain like dips in the road. But like, <laughs> if we, if we are framing optimal living as being, um, well, optimally aligned with or subordinate to certain values and living a life in accord with that, then I don't think there's much case to be made for a pure chronology of progress. Like, as we've been saying, perhaps, you know, Egypt might've been the apex in, of that in some cases, and maybe it's been a, a chronology of digression since then, mm -hmm. you know, and again, that many ways you could attack that argument, but just to say like, I think part of our discussions in this space and our own thinking about how we orient ourselves and the value that we strive to both acquire and become and express and embody is very much wrapped up in that notion of 
what is progress and and how does that orient what I believe to be a worthwhile application of my resources? And yeah, it's 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 again a question of values, right? Like yeah. like it's always kind of valuable compared to what if you optimize for progress, how how do you measure it and, and yeah. what do you think is valuable and so on? Like this 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 is and always will be true. And I think we are kind of kind of lost in that domain, you know, like. Uh, the, the, the go-to so. default is to <laughs> optimize for quality earn, earnings, basically, you know, yeah. or what have you. <laughs> uh, or, or, you well, know, just like think about it. How, how does society today uh, um, think about progress? I mean, I feel like sometimes it's just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, technology is more impressive than it was 50 years ago. And that's a massive part of it. And then, you know, human rights are probably a big aspect of that, but it's difficult mm. to discern in, you know, what human rights look like in different places and, and different times and for different groups of people, of course. Um, and then I guess the third obvious one would be like something akin to happiness or contentness. And, you mm. know, I, I, I mean, it's, that's such a hard question you know like it's because there is something to be said for general progress and uh if 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 you don't know hans rosling i highly recommend his book uh, factfulness and and he he talked about a lot of those kind of very western and scientifically minded ideas of progress in, in the sense of like how many people are starving how many people have a roof over their head how many people have access to information and how many people can read and write and uh, are are your uh, like uh, <laughs> numerate and so on and uh, you know there's also something to be said about access to energy and so on and uh, we were but none, very, none very of those good. are absolutely like definitively yeah, no, definitely. progress right absolutely no no absolutely but, but i think there is something to be said uh, in in in, in the sense of, um, I mean, obvi- obviously they are not just, you know, look at the average American to, I, I as a European can say this, you know, <laughs> but it's just easy, easy access to, to calories does not necessarily re- uh, translate to happiness. Right. So, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a continual kind of process and struggle to, figure this out i think that's also what the human condition is about and it's it's also like <laughs> you, you mentioned like what what can we do like how how will it play out and how how can we integrate integrate more of the godlike values for lack of a better <laughs> term um into our lives you know and and the the thing that popped into my head was a uh, I don't. I don't even. I don't remember who said it. it. I think it was a Bitcoin core developer or someone very close to the technical side of Bitcoin. I, I have it written down somewhere, but it doesn't come to mind now. But it's don't ask yourself what Bitcoin can do for you. Ask yourself what you can do for Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and that would be my immediate answer. As long as Bitcoin mm-hmm. is still monetizing, because Bitcoin actually fixes stuff. Like Bitcoin actually fixes this. <laughs> Bitcoin fixes nihilism. To quote American Hall again, you know, like it, it actually does. I met so many people. It fixed my nihilism. That's that's for sure, and it it fixes so many things economically. Of course, you know, like we we're we are returning to a sound money standard. We are we are returning to a hard money standard. Bitcoin is the Hayekian dream of reintroducing sound money by introducing something that they can't stop, and it doesn't matter who they are. You know, like it's everyone can use it. It doesn't matter if we want to stop it as Bitcoiners or if the government wants to stop it. It's just 
that's what Bitcoin does. It, it, it marches on and it lifts and TikTok next block. I mean, that's where all the memes come from. <laughs> and so I think there is something to be said of setting yourself up or setting your life up, um, you know, in service of Bitcoin, maybe even. But I, I, I also think it's, it's dangerous in the sense or it's, I don't recommend this actually. Like I, I usually don't recommend this because what's even... You don't need to do much. <laughs> I like, has said said this all the time. No, like Bitcoin is the, the the greatest charity to to ever exist, and it's super easy. Like because all you all you actually have to do is to stack sets and hold. That's you're doing your part if you're doing this because you're helping the asset to monetize, and everything else will flow from there. Bitcoin is still way too small. You know, like it it it, it needs to reach certain value levels and. and uh, just the stored value in Bitcoin is still too small for for um, for it to be truly, truly meaningful on a global scale. Like there are so many pools of value that can't even tap into Bitcoin yet just because it's it's not monetized well enough. And this process, of course, will take time. So my usual recommendation is always just do whatever you think is valuable. Do whatever you can. Do whatever you're good at and just success. Like if you're providing value, you can take a part of this value and convert it to sound money and just start stacking. And then you don't have to think about it. And conversely, you also don't have to think about money anymore. If you, if you do this, do it for a couple of years. You won't, you like, <laughs> you will, you, you will have this, this security net, so to speak. Like you will, it, it, it and it will, it will kind of bleed into other areas of, of your life. I think, because again, I think the responsibility piece is kind of pre pre-programmed as well. Like, you're not holding Bitcoin if you're not holding your own keys. You're holding an IOU and you will understand this because you will get rock pulled <laughs> if you don't hold your own keys. It, 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 it might end in disaster, you know, like if, if history is an indication. Um, you will have to learn how to hold your own keys and how to take this responsibility. And you will have to learn also how to run your own node. And, you know, depending on your situation and, and your motivation and uh, your electricity prices, you will also you might be incentivized to run your own ASICs and provide your own hash rate and so on. And so I think, I think everything stems, stems from that. And I think, again, you know, like don't, don't ask what, what you can do for Bitcoin. Uh, don't, don't ask what Bitcoin can do for you. Ask what you can do for Bitcoin. And even if it's just stacking sets, that's, that's good enough. Well, I agree. But again, you know, th this is, this is the mechanism or the approach we've been talking about, right? It's like pursue, people, once they understand what Bitcoin is or start to, you know, they want to devote themselves to Bitcoin, right? They want to, <laughs> they want to figure out as, as you just said, how can I do something for Bitcoin, right? Like I, I want to sacrifice my limited resources to the values that I perceive in Bitcoin. You know, it's the fucking exact same thing as like, you know, devotional practices across the board yeah. and across time and different religions and stuff. And what, and even if, if you said like, okay, well, I'm not going to do something explicitly for Bitcoin. And even if I don't, and I just stack sats, that's still doing something. And that ticks that box. But even if like, even whatever else you do, you're still always uh, pursuing a value. You're, you're basically <clears throat> recognizing a value and that value may be an ideal of yourself in the future or some, some kind of other value. And you're sacrificing what you have to move, move yourself more toward that or to devote yourself to that or to add to that, help build it, glorify, you know, whatever language you want to use. 
And what I think, what I'm so excited about with Bitcoin, you, you know, used on mass, like a hyper Bitcoinization or even a hyper Bitcoinizing uh, parallel economy is that by virtue, because we get all these false, perverted, distorted value signals in a market in which that signal can be corrupted and distorted and aimed at certain people's ends, you know, unfairly, you know, the, the whole, the whole fiat system. And so that dramatic, I mean, if, as we've been discussing, determining the most valuable things, right. The paramount values and figuring out ways to align your life around that is like pretty much, you know, param like is the number one human enterprise, like to engage in then the fiat system throws that way out of whack and we end up, you know, sacrificing in vain as it were, because we, we're not, we're not sacrificing to the values that we think we are, or it's being perverted in some capacity, but when those value signals can't be distorted and we are engaging in a mechanism that allows us to both pursue value and by virtue of everyone doing that over time, gaining greater clarity or determining what is like, the values that we all hold and that we're, we're pursuing, those are going to be reflected in the values of the market, right? Absent that distortion. And so we'll, we'll be able to more clearly see, like basic, we'll be able to externalize those values more. And I guess this is the point I was making before. It's like, what does the world look like when given this, you know, potential uh, change in how we assess and view and perceive the importance of different values when we collectively have a means of communicating them in full pristine fidelity and thereby making it more apparent or explicit what they are in the interpersonal domain and in the material domain in the market, what do they become? You know, like how, how are these values more made more obvious? And then of course it's a, it's a, you know, like a feed, a positive feedback loop where you see certain values being elevated in the market. And to the extent that you, you're aligned with them, then you say, Oh, like I want to, feed into that more. And then both the, the degree to which you do that is rewarded in the market and the degree to which the market elevates it by virtue of your work toward it is, is amplified or grows as well. And so, I mean, I guess you could distill what I'm saying down is like, I can't, I just can't fucking wait until we have a truthful means of, of interacting with one another, because I think it really will help us to discover and express and refine what it is we hold in our hearts and minds. And mm -hmm. my, you know, perhaps my, one of my underlying face is that reality and people are more good than they are bad. And so how, mm -hmm. how good can we be? And what can that look like out in the interpersonal material world when it's given the proper mechanism to be expressed? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. And I think, I think Joe Rogan said this once that, you know, most people are good. Or maybe it was even Elon. I, I think it was the Jerome Elon interview or something like that. But it's, I think it, it's true. It has to be true, you know? Like, it's otherwise, it just... What's the point? <laughs> it wouldn't work. <laughs> it wouldn't scale, you know? I mean, we kind of know that, 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 that like one or two percent or, or something like that are, are just psychopathic nature. But the sure. rest, you know, people are in general good and want to and, do good things. And, and we all have the capacity and, for bad and that's necessary to even define yeah, and, and articulate good. But I think, you know, reality or God or whatever it is that generates all this stuff skews toward what our notion of good is. And 
you know, we should be striving for that in some, in, in, in the best way that we can. Yeah. Let's say. And, and I think the, the, the expression of that, I think, I mean, I, I think we saw um, some of those things in the Renaissance, you know, there is a reason why, uh, you know, people speak about the dawn of the Bitcoin Renaissance. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, Brady comes to mind that uh, he, he like, um, had many conversations around this theme. And I think it's true. I think we can, I think we can see it already. I think we can see the, the, the glimpses of this already, you know, like, um, I can only speak from experience. I, I have been working exclusively with Bitcoiners uh, for the past, I don't know, like three years now or something like that. And it's, it's like I, I wouldn't have it any other way now. Anymore, you know, it's like <laughs> you couldn't go back. It, that's for sure. Yeah, and 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 I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I, um, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, all the bitcoiners are so smart and everyone else is so stupid <laughs> kind of idea. That's that's not what it is. It it is about what we talked about um, uh, in, in this conversation. It's 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 it truly is that Bitcoin changes you, and I want to work with people that went through through this change. And, and, uh, you know, most people are better for it. And you have the, like <laughs> some that suffer Bitcoin derangement syndrome, of course, you know, like there <laughs> no light without dark, but, but I think, you know, it's, it's, it's related to what you mentioned as well. You, you kind of, you want to live up to the ideal, you know, like I want to live up to the ideal every single day. And most days I fail yeah. <laughs> undoubtedly. So, and, um, it's yeah, it's a constant struggle, you know. Like it's, it's. I personally, I kind of want to live up to 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 the ideal of, of Satoshi in the sense that, um, uh, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing what one person was able to do, you know. And he he implemented it and he explained it so beautifully. And I just I want to help uh, where I can with writing code. And and currently, I'm I'm mostly writing words, you know, by, I, I, I want to kind of, um, you know, um, <laughs> I think Satoshi was one of the best people when it comes to explaining Bitcoin. <laughs> and I still find nug nuggets of, of, of wisdom, just like one-liners where, where I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, of course he was wrong about things as well, but he was right about a lot of things because he built the damn thing. And, and so I just, um, uh, as I've said in the past, I think, I think the world would be a way better place if more people would understand Bitcoin and also use it for themselves to, to, yeah, to, to, to kind of maneuver themselves into a better position for, for the future and so on. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live up to the ideal every single day. It's, uh, it's, it's not easy. We're, we're all human after all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got uh, two more things I want to discuss with you. Are you how, how are you on time? Yeah, um, I got 20 more minutes, so I okay. think we can do two things. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and now, of course, I forget what they were. What were we just talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, Satoshi. You know, Living up to the idea. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is one of the, the things I mentioned at the end of, of Money Messiah was, and, and it speaks to, I, I think, that that thread that, I was referring to before about how like, you know, the, the constituent components of the different patterns that constitute reality are, are somehow connected together. And it's like Satoshi, the, when he put together the parts that allowed, you know, Bitcoin to, to exist, like when he, you know, developed or 
put it all together for Bitcoin. In like, as he's going through the steps of like, you know, include this, this, or this doesn't work, this does work, keep this, don't lose that. Like that's being guided by those values of fairness and, you know, truthfulness and incorruptibility like that obviously right like anytime you mold something you're you're yeah. looking at how the shape of it how it's taking shape and you're saying yes that's good or that's bad and so inherent in in the construction of anything really but in, in this case as we've been exploring bitcoin is those values and it, it seems to me that by virtue of the fact that he was successful it seems in instantiating those values into this interpersonal mechanism and by virtue of the fact that it's accruing market value so quickly, I think it, it lends credence or credibility to the notion that those values, as they've been, you know, siphoned through Satoshi and into his creation, as it is, as all, you know, so many, as all of our values are, you know, kind of transposed into the things that we create. Now, the, 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 the obviousness by which that is done is different because not so many things are so interpersonally relevant or operate in the same way. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the spiritual or religious thread or, mm -hmm. or reality thread to me. It's because like, well, why were those notions considered good in his head such that he wanted to make sure that the thing that he was making had them imbued into it or, or were parameterized by those very things more than anything else, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's, to me, it kind of suggests that, well, first of all, where do those, where does the notion that those things are good even come from? Right. And maybe that's the, 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 the kind of connection to the ineffable, right. And that maybe the, mm -hmm. the proof is in the pudding in that to mm -hmm. the extent mm -hmm. that they can be uh, truthfully or with great fidelity uh, transmuted into the material realm or into our creations and that they are seen as being good, whether this is something like the creation of Bitcoin or whether it's just, maybe this is part of the me mechanics of beauty, then they accrue, uh, not, maybe not they accrue, but they attract our alignment with the value that they represent. And it, that's gotta be like a fundamental process unfolding. It seems to me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's uh, my, maybe I'm just repeating my, myself at this point. No, but. no, no. It's, uh, that would have been my answer as well, in the sense that uh, the proof is in the pudding. Like, wh whatever works is kind of true as well. That's a very also a very Petersonian idea. Uh, right. um, like that. I mean, that's the that's the evolutionary answer, you know. Sure. And it's it's. I, I I also had this in uh, in alienable property rights at, at at the very end that you know like there there is a reason why the logos is sacred and why we in the the West arrived at this conclusion you know and and uh, the the line I have in there I think is you know like if if the logos is sacred then Bitcoin is sacred and I think um, Satoshi alluded to this as well you know like Bitcoin makes use of the fact that information is very easy to spread and very hard to stifle you know that's 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 the main that's the key point kind of, of of bitcoin's operation one of the key points and and i think you know if you stifle information if you censor actively if you don't let information flow freely and this includes both speech and money in my opinion then it's 
suboptimal and and the what the system will not survive you know like it it's it's way less optimal than than uh than a system where information can flow freely and yeah. i think we see this you know we see this the obvious easy example is like any political system that that includes censorship at the base layer <laughs> and uh, it just will implode because you 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 will need to exp- you you will need to put effort and cost and energy into the censorship and also information cannot flow freely so you cannot detect errors you cannot self correct and so on and so i think you know the the logos is sacred because of this truth that's 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 how the world works that's how the universe works that's how a system works and we figured this out over thousands and thousands of years and i i think you know like the the the, the cypherpunks obviously agreed with this as well like that's yeah. why that's why people are working on encrypted messaging and uh, on encryption technologies in general and also on on ecash and so on like that's and, and that's definitely like those were all the ideas that bitcoin was born out of it's um it, it's very uh, like we said before you know it's it's very politically motivated in that sense you mm. like it, it has your tr- <laughs> and that's also some something you know like that that's that's part of the cypherpunk's right code idea you know like you by your doing you create this in the world and the artifacts you create they embody those values and but you're absolutely right like the, the values come first and, and why are they why why are these values so high you know like so exactly. so high in the order of values and I, I and i think like from a from a systems thinking perspective it's because and it's again like the petersonian idea of they work they, 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 work. they, they produce the most stable society in general and for for not only for society for any for anything <laughs> really for for any for anything that is connected you know any, any network you need you need information to pass around freely for things to optimize themselves and yeah i think that's that's the main idea i guess yeah i you cut out for one second i think you said it it, it creates the most stable form of information for society to flourish was that the line it creates the it it creates the conditions for for a stable game that can be right, played right, iteratively. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I think about, you know, because you try to, the logos can be a difficult one. I think that's, that's the reason why the logos is sacred and, and kind of why it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> either, it, either, either I am cutting out or, or you are, but well, now, something now, is up again. Now we might have a lag going on, but um, <laughs> we'll shut it down soon so it gives a fuck. But I, I think the, the logos is like, you know, can be a difficult one to nail down. At least it certainly was when I first encountered the the idea or the, or the term. But it's coming to, yeah, it's, it's seeming like a, at least a partial definition and perhaps a simple one is one that it, the logos is that which helps to discern or discover value. And if that's a working definition, then I think you could apply that to Bitcoin extremely well, you know, the mechanism that allows you to discern or discover value. And to the, again, to the degree that anything does that, then perhaps, you know, it, it, it is more akin to, or more a reflection or representation of the notion or the idea of the logos. And I, you know, again, this is why what we've been exploring this whole conversation is how 
by virtue of the fact that Bitcoin allows one to discern and discover and communicate value, it's, it's becoming so valuable. And I think that the logos is kind of that a priori value membrane that we discussed at the beginning, right? It's the thing that animates mm -hmm. action with purpose and meaning and value, right? Rather than mm -hmm. everything just being inert. Um, I did yeah. want to come back to your, your comment about laughter, but I don't know if we're bumping up against time. So you let me know. <laughs> yeah, I have like five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we should just, do you want to rip it let's, or do you want to put a pin in it and come back to it next time? Next let's, time? Let, yeah, let's start with laugh, laughter the, the next time. Okay. It's a, I think it's that's a good, good one to start with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as always, it's great to uh, just hang out. I'm kicking yeah. back, lying down on a couch, having this conversation. So it's pretty much my happy place we, right now to have this conversation with you. We, we finally managed to record one. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been a while. I can, we did a CT one at the beginning of the year, right? But we haven't done uh, me and you for ages. You, I think yeah, you were was, one of the first, long while. first guests on, on my podcast, like maybe mm -hmm. back in 2019 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, we got um, to do more because I like this format of, of just pressing record. And oh, absolutely. Seeing what kind of stupidness comes to our minds. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're stuck you're stuck with me, you know, until the conversation <laughs> is done, sir. <laughs> well, I'm I'm grateful for that, man. It's you know, I love talking to you and it's always well, I mean, we've had so many conversations that we haven't recorded because we're again stupid, but uh at least now <laughs> we've got the ball rolling in the right direction. That sums it up perfectly, yeah. <laughs> because we're stupid. <laughs> no, likewise, I, I enjoy this massively and I think, you know, um it's it's <sighs> I think it's the right time. I think it's the perfect time to have these kind of he more heady conversations and so on. And, but a, a lot of people probably won't like it. You know, it might be too philosophical or too um, uh, religious even or, or what have you. But I think, you know, it's, it, um, it's about time that um, more people realize that Bitcoin is more than just, I don't know, <laughs> speculation or a Ponzi scheme or funny internet money or what have you. Um, yeah. And uh, we're, we're definitely not, not alone with um, having these thoughts. And so I think it's, it's very worthwhile to speak about it openly and freely and just see what, what comes out of it. I totally agree with that. And the only thing I'll say in my defense about like the headiness and this kind of exploring this angle of things for me, it's like, and I know this is true for you too. It's not just for the sake of it. Like, I, it's not like, I don't want to seem especially <laughs> cosmic or I don't want to like have a persona of, you know, deep Bitcoin philosopher, thinker, anything like that. Like, it's just what seems to me to be the most relevant pathway of meaning to pursue with all this. Yeah. And like, I just can't help it because it seems to, there seems to be so much value to be derived yeah. from gaining more clarity on it. Yeah, and also, also in my defense, there is something going on, and there is something going on that's well worth exploring. And just for the record, Knut, I was where you're at a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh, that, that'd be fighting I, words. <laughs> I, 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 I hate. I probably hate this stuff as much as you do, but um, there simply are no better words, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we'll we'll come to that in time <laughs> yeah yeah well look uh i know you got to go i love you 
love doing this and uh i know we'll talk soon and we'll we'll sort out when we do the next Likewise. one yeah let's let's do the next one rather soon <laughs> all, right. all right talk soon talk brother soon. Bye, see ya